Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the second episode of Giants of Backlog, our excuse to force us ourselves to get through our backlogs and uh, create a podcast uh, with our thoughts. A uh, reminder for anyone who hasn't seen the first show, we did Bioshock 2. Um, so go ahead and head and listen to that episode after this one. Uh, spoilers are going to be involved. Heavy spoilers and discussion of the game. Uh, really, we're just uh, discussing our thoughts and uh, what we enjoyed and didn't enjoy in each game. So if you're planning to play Cuphead, I recommend uh, playing through the game and then coming back to to see if uh, your opinions are similar to ours. So this this episode, as I said, is episode two. We're going to be discussing Cuphead, which we played through in the last two weeks. Uh, this is my first episode where I got to pick the game. Um, so we'll do an intro to our hosts. I'm, I'm John. Hey, everybody. I'm Paul. Yeah, and I'm Jay. Awesome. So I think where we should start with this one is just hot takes on the game itself overall. Uh, I'll get us started. For me personally, the game mechanically was very difficult, but at the end of it, I look back on the game and I almost feel like it felt like more of a puzzle game than a run and gun, just because once you solved each phase of the boss, it became the bosses became pretty easy. Whereas if you didn't solve the phases, uh, it was basically impossible to beat. Yeah, that's a good point. It was challenging to just like beat your head against the wall and brute force it on the, the more difficult bosses. Yeah. My hot take for this game is it would have been just as fun, if not more fun, if instead of making the game about boss fights, they had just embraced the run and gun and made it more like a traditional 2D platformer. Yeah. But I think the reason they didn't do that is uh, the amount of work it would take to make a game like that um as it was i know this game was in development hell for a long time because of how much work it took to hand draw all the scenes and animate it or something like that yeah do you think that if they made it more of a run and gun with like for the run and guns currently at the end of a few of them there's like a mini boss to face and I found that facing these mini bosses at the end, there's a lot of pressure because if you lose it, you lose the, your your entire progress from the run and gun. So, do you think they'd have to dumb down the bosses if they included them all in like a traditional two D platformer way, or would they have to change the mechanic so you so and add checkpoints? Probably not every mission would have a boss at the end like that, but I'm just thinking like uh, Super Mario Brothers. At some at the end of some of those missions, you have like a, a Koopa at the end, uh-huh. or if it's a castle, there's a little mini boss to fight at the end to knock the castle down. So, so yes and no, I guess. Gotcha, Jay. Yeah, my hot take is that the dragon boss is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good that boss. That's a good hot take. Also, fun fact, Elon Musk in 2019 said that a uh, port of Cuphead will be playable on 
the the Tesla cars. Why? Because <laughs> he likes the game. You think Elon Musk He's the meme lord? You think Elon Musk beat Cuphead? Hell no. Yeah. Yeah. No way. No he way in hell. Like, he <laughs> likes the concept of the game. That guy doesn't know anything about games. He likes cyberpunk. Look at his truck. And his truck? Uh, the cyber truck. Uh, I see. <laughs> all right. I think uh, where we should start is uh, where basically all of these start, I think. Uh, art and music style throughout the game. Uh, it's structured as a children's book. First act, you open up the book and you get a little background. Uh Cuphead and Mugman, the main characters. Uh, if you play single player, you only play as one. They get into trouble with the devil at the casino and they have to uh, win bounty contracts or soul contracts from each of the bosses in the game that also owe their souls to the devil in order to repay that debt. So that's how the book, how it starts. You open the book and then uh, the idea is each time you're playing through all these bosses and doing the whole thing, you're kind of moving through the book. And then at the end of the game, once you beat it, the book closes and says the end. Uh, what do you guys think about structuring, structuring the game in that way, in that style of storytelling? It's funny you say that. Basically, the first part of what you just said was the song that plays at the, the title credits. That's true, actually. You're right. You were just a lot less musical and... They <laughs> to roll the dice. Yeah. By chance, they played the devil's game, and boy, they played paid the price. <laughs> How many times do you guys listen to the song? So many times. <laughs> to my brain. Every time you rage quit, you had to listen to it again. Yeah. So yeah, I'd close out, and then I, it sucked me back in. I had to listen to that title song while I loaded in. It's well, funny. I like never loaded the game back up. I basically had it open like in the entire time behind whatever I was doing, and I'd just alt tab into the game, try a boss like four more times, alt tab out. So on completion, at Steam on Steam it says I have 147 hours played in the last two weeks. <laughs> That's got to be a top point one percent. I didn't I didn't play the game for 147 hours. It didn't take me that long. <laughs> I forget what was going on, but when this game first came out, for some reason, I had it on the start screen on my TV, and I was doing something else for like two hours, and it was just that opening song looping over and over again, and it's been seared into my memory. <laughs> Probably could have muted the TV. Closed the game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was what 2016, 2017. Yeah, 2017, mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah, different person back then. But to answer your question, the storybook, you know, it's it's familiar. It's been done a lot. Um, I it does fit extra well here in this game because of the hand drawn art style, the music. Oh, it all kind of matches the singular theme, and and I, I think that's you know the basis of the game. They said, "Let's make a cool 
old style animated game. Um, and then the second thought was, all right, what kind of game is it going to be? So it's, it, in my opinion, it, it was a fairly well executed side scroller platformer in a novel art style. Yeah, and I'm there with you. I think it all worked together really well in the game that it ended up being, too, in this gauntlet of boss fights. Um, I think, you know, the the jazz music, along with the old-school cartoony art style, it the, the hand-drawn art style. If I had to play through, like, the dragon, let's say, and I had to fight a boss 300 times and I was listening to some pop song, I'd have to play it on mute. <laughs> but because it's just an instrumental jazz music that is a little random in nature and, uh, and you know, you're, you're not, like, really have to pay too much attention to it because it doesn't have lyrics, uh, I think it works well for this type of game where you're repeating the same section of music hundreds of times sometimes. Yeah, and that that was one of my crit- criticisms of the game was that I felt like the loop on the music was um, a little bit too short. Like I had thought they could have lengthened the amount of time before it resets, and it would uh, you know, save my mental health health a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even pick up on that, honestly. I uh I think it's probably cuz I was I was focusing a lot on the on the uh on the sounds of the game because one thing I really liked about what they did with the game is every every attack had its own sound throughout every boss that on every phase. So you were just able to uh sometimes focus on a different section where you need to focus and just listen to those sounds be made and know something's coming. So I don't know. Uh, I didn't pick up on the same thing, but I'm sure if I did pick up on it being a short section of music that repeated over and over, like that's exactly what I was happy. I didn't pick up on, you know? Do you guys have any additional thoughts on uh, the art? Or music style of the game. I mean, there's the basic one that I don't think we covered. Game the the art is ridiculously. Uh, the game looks ridiculously good. Uh, I don't think we we said that because basically everyone who's ever reviewed Cuphead says that and and not much more. But uh, I agree with the general consensus that the game is extremely well animated and looks really good. Yeah, I think they hit the nail on the head with what they're going for. Having uh, the cartoon look spot on the old style animated. I think the thing about modern AAA graphics is all of these studios go for the same photorealistic style. And it results in a lot of games looking visually very similar. So anytime that a studio comes out and does something different, with graphics in their games, it gets a lot of attention. And I think the developers of Cuphead did a great job um, executing on their vision, and it looks great. 
Hmm. Everybody talks about how great the graphics look. I was talking with Jay earlier when we were playing through it, and he was talking about the graphics, and he he said that something along the lines of, I have no nostalgia. I didn't grow up in the 50s. And I, and I laughed, and I, I thought about it, and I, I thought, well, who was asking uh, for a game like this? Who wanted car- old cartoon graphics? Because that's not what cartoons looked like when I grew up either. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have nostalgia either, but I, I did think it looked good. I thought it was cool. So Yeah, I agree with that. It wasn't a nostalgia thing at all, right? It's just, this old, looks like a cool game. Yeah, it's just that old school cool I guess. Yeah, I think it definitely benefits from being unique. There's no comparison point for a game like this, so it stands out and it's in its own category, really. Hmm. So, if you're looking for a game with this kind of graphics, this is the your only option, which I think benefits the the game itself. Did you guys read yep. about the uh, DLC? No. Is it supposed to come out ever? In 2020, it was a DLC called The Delicious Last Course was supposed to come out, but um, it was delayed due to COVID. And they yeah. haven't given any update on if it's ever going to come. Well, hopefully it does. Uh, bridging off that point, I know that once you do beat the game, because I was, I was looking into it, because once I beat the game, uh, finished the devil, I was going to go back in and uh, just check that I was completed. And I was only at 94%. And I'm like, why am I at 94%? I found out it's because I didn't get all the all of the coins in the running guns. But... Uh, did you go I back also, and do it? No. I did. Why? Because I wanted to see 100%. Oh. <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't bother. But uh, I mean, I, I ended up. I beat the game today, so it would have been a little tight to go back and do it. I'm sure it'd probably be easier the second time around to grab all the coins from the running guns. But it was. I didn't bother doing it. But uh, I saw that once you beat the game, you unlock the expert difficulty on every single boss. Do you think you'd ever go back and play all the bosses on expert? I played a couple of the bosses on Expert on the first aisle. I played uh, Ribby and Croaks and Hildeberg on Expert just to see. Yeah, I actually I was having some trouble remembering Hildeberg from the first island today, so I went and replayed her on Expert too. I didn't beat her. Did you guys beat it? No. But it didn't seem as hard as as I thought it was going to be like, I ended up getting to the fifth phase on my first try. And then I was like, okay, I remember everything now and just left. Yeah. I, I have no desire to go back and play on expert. I, I'm happy with the time I spent in cuphead. I, I don't need it more difficult, but that's just me. <laughs> if I was traveling yeah, I'm right there with you and I only had my switch with me, and I didn't have like a, a new game to play on Switch, I probably would go back and replay some of these bosses on Expert and do some pacifist runs for the running gun missions. Yeah, I saw that. That's an achievement, right? If you beat all the pacifist missions without killing anything. Yeah. Or the pacifist run guns missions. Mm-hmm. 
How do you do that for the uh, like? I I didn't try a pacifist run. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, how do you get past those? Does it not uh, count? It must know. not count. Maybe they either they don't count or maybe it opens up after X amount of time. I have no idea. And yeah, I I too didn't get all of the coins. I actually didn't even beat one of the running guns. So I just skipped it. <laughs> I didn't feel like doing it. <laughs> and uh, so that one never got beat, but I beat the game and um, I bought the guns I needed. And and I was thinking about maybe now that there's no pressure, no stress, like trying to get the rest of the coins just to get the achievements. But we'll see if I actually find time. See, that's the benefit of playing things on PC. I don't care about Steam achievements. Yeah. Never have, never will. So I can just play games and not have the pressure of having having to 100% them. I can just play them until they're not fun. Yep. It's it's a freeing uh, <laughs> world. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to worry about achievements. But I do think they add something to the game. Having a little added incentive, a little extra carrot to keep you keep you going you know find that last collectible or whatever it is just in general yeah I've, i agree in my in my favorite games i always end up 100 percenting them with all the collectibles and all the achievements so i mean when when i love a game it's it's additional content to just keep playing it you know right all right from here let's uh let's dive into some of the gameplay uh i figure a good way to do this will be let's get all of the more minor stuff out of the way the run guns mausoleums um that way when we start talking about the bosses we can just stay in in the meat and stay discussing bosses so let's talk about running guns and mausoleums uh start with mausoleums i guess general thoughts on the mausoleums being uh, so the mausoleums were were uh, mini games where you protect an urn. There is the spirit of a mug in the urn, and once you uh, finish protecting this urn, you earn a super art. And there's three super arts, and they're all very underwhelming, in my opinion. Yeah. So. You said they're all very underwhelming. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, So the way you protect this cup is there's a bunch of spooky ghosts that are coming to get her and you have to parry them to make them disappear. And I I thought it was pretty easy. It was like one of the easier parts of the game, but it was a useful tool to help you practice parrying, which uh, Mm -hmm. is pretty important for everything else in the game. So I, I didn't mind them. It was nothing. I really, it was, honestly, these mausoleums were pretty underwhelming too. For me, I thought thought it was like one of the funnest parts of the games because it was just like easy. See how many you can combo, you know? Yeah. Like, I, there was a secret achievement on the Xbox for parrying five times without hitting the ground yep there's one on steam too yeah so do you get the coin for like, the guy 
Yeah, they were pretty easy, but I thought they were fun. Um, and then as far as the super arts go, I thought the first one was the only useful one because you could use it to essentially skip some of the some of the phases of bosses. The the third super art, I never really figured out if it actually worked or did anything. <laughs> um, and then the second one, I I found use for it like maybe twice in the game, and that was it. Yeah, like in situations where you didn't need to do damage, you might as well bring the second super art. Yeah, right, exactly. And just so maybe we have some listeners that haven't played the game or haven't gotten this far yet, but the first super art is just basically a big attack. Energy beam. Energy beam. The second super art is invincibility for... Seems like way too short to be. Yeah, useful. it's like three seconds. And then you under, get hit. Yeah, it's just it, under five seconds. And then the third one was like your spirit separates and flies off the screen, from what I can tell. <laughs> so I actually used uh, the spirit on the uh, the rat level uh, when on the final phase for the cat, and I think it does more damage than the first super art because you can keep it on the screen indefinitely basically so when you control your character it also controls the spirit so the spirit flies to the left but if you tap right it starts moving right yeah so i never figured that out it just would fly away (laughs) (laughs) i used it a little bit um it was interesting to try to control the spirit in cuphead or mugman at the same time but it was i didn't feel like a it worked that well control wise or that it did enough damage to really successfully reward you for controlling them both at the same time mm-hmm. well, real quick guys um did who did you play as cuphead i played as both i only played as cuphead too i wanted to play as Mugman a little bit so i played as Simpson on the second aisle no difference really in the actual gameplay ball nope right. you you'd never even know other than the blue different <laughs> color pants yeah and a button nose on one all right so i think the other half of this was the running guns uh funny story so i'm playing on pc and when you play on pc uh you play with just keyboard so the controls are the arrow keys for you can movement. Use a controller. Yeah, but I didn't want to. But <laughs> you made it sound like it so, was impossible to play with anything but mouse and keyboard. Huh? You made it sound like it's impossible to play with anything but mouse and keyboard on PC. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> on PC, you should play with controller because my brain took like a couple hours to even be decent at this game literally like at these controls like you use your right hand on the the arrow keys and then your left hand is shift to dash z to jump x to shoot and c to uh aim and v for your super art so like super difficult to like 
remind your brain that Z is jump. Like your ring finger on your left hand is jump. So I had to remap some stuff, but literally the first uh, the first run gun, Forest Follies. In my notes for the game, I have if I could find it. While you're looking for that, I'm struggling. I don't know if we said this, but I played on Xbox. John, of course, yeah. played on PC, and Paul played on Switch. And I'm curious. Uh, I assume you guys can probably imagine how it played on an Xbox controller, but I'm curious how it played on the Switch controller. Paul, did you use the Joy-Cons? Yeah, I played in handheld mode exclusively. Uh, it felt great. I've played a ton of platformers on Switch in handheld mode. So, is that with the uh, the little screen? Yeah. Is it hard to make like precise jumps on the little screen? No, you get used to the scale. Especially gotcha. for me too, because I use the smoke bomb perk, which we didn't we didn't talk about perks earlier, but we'll get to that. I right. assume. Yeah, probably in the boss fights when we're talking about what we used and how, how we did stuff. So I got used to the scale really quick. I think it plays really well on Switch. Oh, I assume, like for me, I had to have the whole living room on the Xbox, you know, playing. But I assume, Paul, you played this like laying on the couch while your wife is watching soaps. Yeah, I played it on the couch. I played it in bed. Played it on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that would be nice just to like, oh, I got I got 30 minutes. I can put in a few runs to have it handheld. Yeah, I was playing during work. I was addicted to this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're the first one of us to beat it. You beat it like a week ago. Yeah, yeah I got I got hooked on that loop. Do you find your notes, John? Yeah. Literally, my notes just say, run and gun one, which is force follies, hard, have to use all the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I was really struggling with using all the buttons. Oh. The fact that I wrote that it's hard is ridiculous, because it's, it might be the easiest anything in the whole game. Uh, when this game first came out in 2016... It and Paul and I were up north at my cabin and uh -huh. we were playing it co-op and it took us probably three hours with our girlfriends at the time just watching us die over and over and over again because there's a little wrinkle um, John when, when you're teammate dies in co-op and they turn into the ghost with they have a pink heart so you have to, if, you have to if parry you it parry it they come back to life but what would we would do a lot is we'd try to parry to get our friend back miss the parry and land on something and die ourselves and then just then <laughs> so yeah. in co-op only one of you has to get to the end yes yep do you have half the amount of lives no no huh the bosses have more health and stuff, but if your teammate dies, they their health gets reduced back to what it would be if they you were playing by yourself. So co-op's easy mode. Well, Maybe. I'm not I've, sure if I've their health resets. It. 
I found it harder to keep track of things. And again, this is five years ago now, but with two little people jumping around, dodging stuff, it, it was hard. Hiding in tiny gaps. Could you imagine the feathers or the rope the, on the robot level, the like the feather phase Alpha. with no, two people trying to go through the same gaps? That would actually be terrible. Yeah. I could never tell red from blue because I'm colorblind. Not, <laughs> not really. Does this game have a colorblind mode? It should if it doesn't. It should because then people yeah. can't parry anything. I remember there being outrage when the game first came out because it didn't have colorblind mode or, and people couldn't tell the difference between the pink and the purple. Yeah. So they would try to parry purple things. Die. That sucks. <laughs> but it's funny. Well, we're we're talking about running guns right now. Yeah. For me, I thought the running guns were way less fun than the boss fights. The running guns were just something like I tried to scrape through and I got really pissed off at one running gun in particular. It's the flipping gravity one. That one, really? Oh, really? I hated. I hated. I it. thought that was, was one of my favorite yeah. part, like levels of the entire game. Oh man, that one was. <laughs> it might be colored because I'd get to the final wall, like so many times and die right there. Yeah. But well, that's what sucks, right? It's like the running guns. You actually have something to lose. You're not just starting in the boss fight if you get to the final boss of the running gun you die now you have to go through the entire gauntlet of the running gun again i thought they got yeah. better as the game went on because at first yeah, i'm with you like forest follies and the the treetop tree trouble the first couple they're pretty uneventful i thought pretty short completely basic yeah not really well, anything a problem I had, and it's because of my own stupidity, um, is I did the first like three or four running guns without caring about the coins because I didn't realize that that was the only way to get coins. So <laughs> I assumed they were like in Mario, where like they have the coins that are just like bonuses if you get them if you're trying to hundred percent a level. So I just left them, and then I couldn't buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go play these again. <laughs> so, yeah, that that was on me though. I didn't think about it. Yeah, that would suck though. Like, cause they, some of them were difficult. Like the rugged ridge one. I that one took me probably an hour, and then I was pissing myself off because I basically had the whole thing solved, and I just had to beat the platforming section without taking two hits, and I died like. I failed that like four times. Like, what the heck? This is just a platforming section. Stop falling off. The game yeah, does uh, a good job of creating a sense of urgency in that one. Because when I replayed it to get all the coins, I was going so slow and I realized I don't need to rush. This is like, I can take my time, make sure I get all these jumps. This guy's not on my ass. Like I thought oh, he yeah. was the first time around. Yeah, he's just chilling at the left side of the screen. As long as you don't go to the left side of the screen, you're good. That is the one I skipped, so I have nothing to contribute. <laughs> the Rugged Ridge one. 
when you're sliding down the hill in that one, John, there's a coin at the very end that you have to jump to get. And I, I kept getting distracted by avoiding enemies and missing it. So I just had to restart because I was only playing it to get that coin. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I got that coin uh, on my run, but I was like, it was, it, I would, I would purposely position myself once I felt like it was almost time on like the right side of the platform. So I would be able to get that one. Yeah. I tried to do that. And then a little golem would spawn and I'd have to <laughs> jump and it would go by. And I, I, I was sitting in my chair. I was sitting in my like chair in the living room while my wife was watching TV, like Jay said, and I just be like, God damn it. Like swearing. <laughs> She'd be like, what are you doing? Okay, let's talk about that for a second. Like, this game reduced me to maniacal laughter, like screaming at my TV, uh, tossing my controller at the couch, cursing John's name for picking this game. Uh, it was it was tough. It was a tough game for me. And there was a point where I texted you to it. I'm like, I'm not going to finish this game. It's and so, that was early too which is hilarious that was like a week ago you had a full week still and you're like i'm not finishing no way when you beat it before well, john okay so so i was gonna get into this later but i'll just say it now there was so when the game first came out i played it to 25 percent completion so i basically finished the whole first island already and so because we're doing uh, the podcast and just because I didn't remember from five years ago, I started a new save slot. And so everything in the first island I'd seen before. So just dying there just like pissed me off because I was like, I already saw this, like there's no discovery, like nothing was new to me. And that's a lot of the enjoyment of the game, right? Right. Beating a boss you haven't beat before, discovering what the next level is. Knowing that you're going to get to phase three and you're going to die there. You have a 0% chance of beating it this time because you haven't been there yet. Right. Yeah, and exactly. Trying to and figure out how to beat it. Is, is learning. Like, okay, I, I, I'm going into this phase with one life, but I'm going to stick it out because, because I need to learn what the patterns are. But yep. So so then I, I got through the first island and it was frustrating. And I'm on the second island and the first thing I do is the roller coaster guy and that was that was fine. Then I went right to the the gumball or the candy girl. Uh and I think it's because I did candy girl uh the running gun with the gravity yeah and, and then dragon those three back to back was my peak hatred of this game <laughs> because like it was all stuff i'd already seen and then in my opinion three of the most unfair levels in the game and <laughs> that's when i you know rage quit turned off my xbox and texted these these two saying you know what? <laughs> Maybe my viewpoint will be the too mad, didn't finish. But I will say, as soon as I beat the dragon, my enjoyment of the game like skyrocketed. I had a lot of fun with everything after that. 
Yeah, it's like once you beat the dragon, it's like, yeah, I can beat anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is an interesting design choice to put that difficulty spike right there. Like, in my opinion, dragon was harder than the casino, was harder than the final boss, the devil. Yep. It was a steep uh, difficulty spike. It's probably on par with the robot. Right. Robot was yeah. hard. I just I squeaked through with the by the skin of my teeth through the robot. Yeah, robot like, was hard. The robot was like because I feel like a lot of the uh, bosses in this game had one very difficult phase, you know, mm-hmm. and you hoped that phase was phase one so that you could uh, coast through the final two phases or so that you didn't have to do two two phases that you knew you could just get super easy but waste that minute and a half before going to a phase three that's super hard and having to play that phase three 50 times, you know? That was Dragon. Well, that was Dragon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you go into phase three with four lives and then you lose all four in three seconds. Right. But it felt like a lot of bosses, they only had one difficult phase. But Robot first and third phases were ridiculous both of them and it's like you you get through the first phase you have three lives you're like i better beat it this time this is not going to happen for a while you know so like i felt the pressure every time i like came out of the first phase with a lot of lives i'm like it's got to be this time where i'm screwed added pressure yeah i will say um our mutual friend chris was at my house last weekend and we played a couple bosses where we would switch off every death. And I got to tell you, that's a fun way to play this game because, like, it removes a lot of the pressure. You don't get as pissed off um, because, you know, there's people. <laughs> you yeah. don't want to make a fool of yourself. Um, and and it's just fun. And then, like some of the highest point of this games is finally beating a boss and we like high five and like are so happy you know yeah yeah i would stand up and be like yeah and fist pump every time <laughs> i beat some really hard because he's like what i'm like nothing <laughs> and i love that about quote-unquote difficult games the, the feeling when you finally you finally succeed right uh, and we could have done the co-op mode but I think uh, just as fun way to play is that hand off every death and took me back to, you know, games I would play with my friends. They're over in high school, you know, hand off mm. every death. Yeah. It's, a fun it's way to the, play. the couch co-op on a not co-op game. Right. The thing about the difficulty in Cuphead, like I'd be swearing when I was playing it, but I, I would be... I would say that I'd be like, fuck, Paul, you died because you were a second late pressing the dash button. You just got to gotta be better. Or why did you do that? Like I was, I was always frustrated with my, well, for the most part, for the most part, I was always frustrated with myself rather than with the game when I would die. Same. On the robot, I literally have in my notes because like I said, it's like kind of like almost a puzzle game. I have notes on every boss like explaining how to beat every every phase 
on the robot, one of my notes is literally, is literally for phase three, get to the bottom, you idiot. Because <laughs> five times in a row, I would get to phase three and I wouldn't and I'd start dodging the uh, projectiles. And instead of remembering that there was a massive wall at the top of the screen that I just got hit four times in a row by, I'd get hit by it again and not yeah. even get to see like the entirety of phase three. So I get no progress even mentally on how to beat this phase. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like getting hit by the first thing in phase three, five times in a row. And I just couldn't not do it. I was getting so pissed at myself, but I agree with you. It's like most of the time I was pissed at myself when I died, you know, not, not uh, actually the game. Yeah. I know we're talking about bosses, but really quick on the running guns. Like I said earlier, I thought they did get better as the game went on. And, the last couple like perilous fears in rugged ridge yeah they were fun i enjoyed them and i i really think yeah. if these guys wanted to they could go through and make a game that was just running guns in the same vein as like super mario brothers or other platformers but i think yeah i think the trouble is the the hand drawing all the shit that those running guns actually might have been no i don't know i'm talking out of my ass but they might have been more difficult for them to make than some of these boss fights I would imagine because the boss fights are are like cycling animations. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, finishing up on running guns. Yeah, I mean, just for me, I thought Funhouse Frazzle, the gravity one that Jay hated, I thought was a really fun level. Um, and I liked the change up of uh, adding that mechanic. And it was the only time that mechanic existed in the whole game, but yeah like i i enjoyed that that uh level just for that untapped potential yeah and another thing about the running guns is like it's fun to just platform and when you make a really close hard jump it feels good like when you jump through the mouth of whatever those things are the walls yeah yeah exactly when you just are able to to dash through a super tight window between a couple of projectiles like that's it, it's just fun to be like wow i don't know how i didn't lose a life there yeah i thought perilous figures was good too i got to the octopus 10 times and just died with it going underwater yeah and i was like standing why is it on. sinking <laughs> what do i do <laughs> no one like, made what is happening you know what made the octopus really easy uh, the triple shot you shoot it straight up and use it as a as a shrimp umbrella oh you can do that or the chaser and it, you don't even have to aim it it just kills everything <laughs> oh gotcha yeah literally that's another thing I have in my notes this became easy once I used the triple shot and made it so I had an umbrella <laughs> and everything that was raining down on me just evaporated yeah that was one that we I used the invincibility on that final thing that makes sense yeah because then i i had five seconds where i could just not worry about getting hit i could get that that coin that was up there and and get uh, invincibility let let me uh ask you guys what was your favorite and least favorite running gun uh first one's my least favorite favorite was uh, rugged Ridge. Yeah, first, Run. go ahead. 
Sorry, I was just going to say, Rugged Ridge at first pissed me off, could not figure out how to get past the guys. And when I realized how fast they were respawning, that really pissed me off. I'm like, you kidding me? Like, I have to kill these guys? They shoot these, these rubber band balls that boomerang and... I forget to dodge them on the way back half the time, and then they respawn after three seconds. Like, how am I going to beat this? But because it was so difficult, that it, once I solved it, it was super rewarding. Because once I solved it, I basically beat it with four lives. And I liked the platforming section at the end. I thought it was a fun little platforming section. Yeah, my my least favorite was also the first one, and we, we kind of already touched on that. It was pretty straightforward, pretty bland, and they got better as yep. the game went on. Perilous Pier was my favorite. Um, it's similar to Rugged Ridge. At the end, you kind of have like the edge of your seat, like, oh, come on, just a little bit further, almost there, with the octopus. And I didn't use the chaser my first time. I used something else so i had to like actually dodge all of the shit that he was throwing up at like mm-hmm. one hp one hp in a dream yeah dude i the first time i ever got to the end and i saw the dock i died to like the last shrimp and i was it, oh that's what this <laughs> game is though that's what this game is you see it's that dying to the last shrimp countless disappointments and then one triumph yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think yeah. of the progress bar that you'd see? Oh, the died? progress bar was so mean. Yeah. <laughs> I would just, skip it a lot. I would just hit retry so fast. It was just an insult. You're like, yeah. see, you you were you were like three hits away from a knockout and you 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 got killed by some something you should have been able to dodge but didn't. Yeah. Like, oh my God! You're kidding me right now. Sometimes though, I'd see it and I'd be like, "Oh, I was so close. I got this." Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. Well, for mine, my least favorite, which I already said, was the gravity one, and the reason was, is I thought that the gravity being like a half a second for it to take effect. Like, yeah, you can say you can learn that and then and then compensate for it. But that was so annoying to me because, like, if I time it perfectly and I still fall into the thing that I'm trying to dodge, I just I just didn't know why they did that. Um, yeah. It seems like they could have easily just made it an instant gravity shift. But that and dying on the last boss the trumpets were super annoying the bombs that were on the other side while the things were i was just annoyed that whole the whole level so that was my least favorite my my favorite was the tree chop trouble which we didn't really talk about that much yeah but i i liked it because it's one of the only if i think it is the only level with vertical platforming yeah. Um, oh yeah. And I, I really liked that. I, I like that vertical section where you have to kind of take out the tree stumps before you jump up. Yeah. Which became easier once you had like the tracker and stuff, but that early in the game, you know, most people don't. So I thought it was a good positioning for that level and I, I thought it was a well executed uh little running gun. I like that one too. I I just thought it was a little on the short side. I wish it had been longer. 
Yeah, and comparing difficulty of them all, Forest Follies and Treetop Trouble are baby mode, and the rest of them are a little, like, actually challenging, you know? That's by design, though. Yeah. That's true, because they were the World 1 ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Anything else? Are you guys ready to move on to the meat? Um, I figure a good way to do this would just be to uh, go one by one uh, in order of uh, how of when they were faced, and then you know we can put a grade each of the bosses uh, between the three of us uh, based on difficulty, style, design, or uh, even just how fun they were to face. So, what's our grading scale, John? I don't know. S through F. Okay. One through ten. Whatever you guys want. I like the tier list. Do I S go tier F. list? I think then we can also do like a easy graphic too. If uh. Yeah, that'd be cool. If we wanted. So yeah, let's go that way. So area one, Inkwell Isle one. Uh, the first boss that I faced, and I think everyone faces, was the root pack, which is uh, the vegetable garden that goes from potato to onion to carrot. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on, on the root pack? Uh, my thoughts were that his first phase is the potato, right? And he's just shooting spuds at us. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is jump over them. Pretty easy. And then in the second phase, it's the crying onion who's raining tears down on you and also pretty easy to dodge. Mm-hmm. The carrot is a little bit more complex. It's got two things that it does. It shoots beams at you and you have those uh, homing carrots that follow you around. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, one of the easier bosses in the game, I thought, probably only took me a, a few attempts to beat, I think. So I'd have to put this one in D tier. Yep, I'm right there with you. I think this boss, it's good to have, you know, somewhat easy bosses, but in a game so difficult, it kind of babies you a little bit too much at the beginning, I think. Um, Going back to, I had a hard time learning the controls. I was thankful then that uh, it was a pretty easy boss. Because I was just, you know, having a hard time with the controls. But if I didn't, I'm pretty sure I could have done this in even fewer attempts than it took. And it really wasn't wasn't that hard. So I'm, I, I agree. I think I probably put this in my D tier. Yeah, this is a boss I beat twice. It's five years ago, once a little bit ago. I didn't really remember much about it. So that, that says a lot. So mm-hmm. It was easy. I would, I would also say it's a pretty low tier. So, just finishing up on this, when I was doing research uh, for for this uh, podcast, I did see that there are hidden uh, hidden phases for the bosses, or not for all of them, for three bosses. The first one being the root pack. Did you guys Did you guys see that? No, uh, didn't know about that. No, so I was know. actually thinking about going back and playing it again. So what happens is if you don't attack the onion, it never starts crying and it just like waves at you and goes away. And then during the carrot phase, there'll be like a radish chasing you around as well. <laughs> so really, it just makes like the final phase more difficult. 
That's cool. Maybe we should bump it up a tier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's cool. Uh, when I saw, like, hidden phases, I was hoping there was, like, a full another new phase, but it's kind of just a, an addition, a singular addition to the final phase. It's like Far Cry 4 when you don't... You just do what they tell you to do. Stay there. <laughs> stay you, here. When, he gives you. He comes back and gives you what you asked for, and you beat them. The game ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I I didn't know that that was a thing, and that makes me more appreciative to the game because I know adding a different phase took a lot of hand animation for people or probably 99% of people not to see yeah it's like a little easter egg but because of how this game's made you're right it's actual work that went into it that's pretty cool all right let's uh go on to the second one goopy legrand which is the goop ball the purple ball jay do you want to start on this one yeah, so the goop ball was pretty pretty uh, easy boss as well. Uh, jumps around, and then he gets bigger and jumps around again. And and in the first phase, he attacks you with his head. In the second phase, he attacks you with a boxing mitt. And for both of those, you can just duck and continue <laughs> shooting, and it'll miss you. And then the, the end phase was the... Um, was the tombstone of the goop. Um, and that was a little bit more interesting, but again, once you learn the pattern and when it was going to drop, it became really, really simple to, to beat. Mm-hmm. If you had to put a, a letter grade on it, what, what would you give it? Uh, I'd say this is probably bottom of the tier list. What's, what's the bottom? What's our lowest? F. 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 Yeah. I have yeah. this guy in F tier as well. I 100% agree. This guy is going to be my my solo entrance into F tier. This was uh, the only boss I beat without dying. Yeah, I think it's the easiest boss in the game. And it's also, like, artistically, the least... And interesting. It's just a purple ball. That's yeah. I never thought about that. That's fair. I thought some of the run and gun bosses were just as challenging, or maybe even more challenging, like the lobster mini boss and perilous. The hot dog. Here. Yeah, the hot dog. The hot dog's way more difficult than the goofball. Yeah, yeah. So hot dog was tough. And then like his third phase the tombstone he uh telegraphs that he's gonna slam and then there's a delay that's long enough for me to file my taxes and still have time to dodge (laughs) out of the way yeah so pretty good at filing your taxes yeah pretty good all right so let's move on to the third boss ribby and croaks which are the frogs I have to admit, this is the only boss in the game that I had to I had to Google because I got stuck. Because at this point, I forgot parrying existed, <laughs> a- 
and I was shooting the the freaking slot machine for 20 deaths and I was getting pissed <laughs> off and it was never taking any damage and I had no clue what was going on. So I had to Google and learn that, oh, pairing's a mechanic. You know, one of three mechanics in the entire game that I just disregarded. <laughs> so once I, I had to Google so that this would actually, the third phase would begin. Yeah, this is one that um, I thought was a pretty big difficulty spike between the previous two. Yeah. Um, it kind of ramps you up into what you should expect for the rest of the game. And, you know, phase one and two were simple enough that you could get through them without losing a life. And then it was just the phase three that was really tough and took a lot of a lot of deaths and retries from me. Yeah, I have that note too. This is the first boss fight that doesn't feel like a tutorial boss fight. They introduce a lot of new things with this one too. This is the first one where they actually split up and you have one on one side of the screen and one on the other side and they're both doing stuff that you have to react to. This first one where you have to parry. It's the first one you have to parry. But I agree with you, Jay. The, the third phase of this fight is was pretty difficult a big spike in the game to this point and then there's yeah, some rng yeah. with that phase too i think that's the first time where it's really introduced in an impactful way right you don't know which of the attacks are going to be coming out yeah so you're kind of hoping it's going to be an easier one like I think the one where it was just platforms with spikes and you could just jump on the platforms, like, please be that. Yeah. The ground. Yep. The one Sometimes with the you got ball. lucky, got that one twice. Yeah. Yeah. The one with the ball that would bounce. I could just never time my jump to not get hit by the ball. So I mm-hmm. was just fingers crossed it wasn't that one. The one with the lasers and the platforms at mid screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fuse in advance to go above. Yeah. Right? low that one tripped me up a lot yeah so all in all for me i think i would give this boss i want to say a c but i almost want to bump it up because i think it does a good job to like raise the difficulty but not like too much you know yeah it does I a good agree. introducing things i i think i want to say a b for Ibian croaks I agree. I have that note too that it seems really hard the first time you fight it, but this is one that I went back and played on expert, and it it was much more manageable going back knowing the phases. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have this one in C tier, but I I could see B tier if you factor in like how difficult it seemed when when you were playing it at the time. Right, like put it on an island in the shoes of how. I felt on area one. Yeah. You know? What do you think, Jay? You're the tiebreaker, Jay. Yeah. I'd say let's put it at a B. If we, if we could, I would, I would rate it as a B minus. So let's, yeah, let's do that. Round it up. Okay. We can put it at the back end of B tier. <laughs> All right. So, just real quick, for the first 
boss. Did we have a definitive uh, rating? Or tier I said that? I said D. I also said D. All right, that's official. This is the most official tier ranking of the Cuphead bosses on the internet. <laughs> put it in the put it in the books. All right, John. So what's the next, next boss is Hildeberg, which is the blimp boss, and also this is the boss that introduces the uh, airplane mechanic. Let's just talk about the airplane mechanic to start. I thought it was cool. I thought, especially introducing it so early, it was a nice change up, and it being free was nice because at this point you can't really afford any of the guns anyway. So I thought uh, I, for me it was unexpected and I enjoyed how early it was introduced into the game. Yeah, I like the plane bosses. It just it felt like playing a different game, honestly. Totally different set of mechanics that you had to learn. Mm-hmm. Different special. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I liked the, all of the plane bosses, honestly. For me, on one hand, it was very jarring to go from five back-to-back, you know, run-and-gun platformer levels to airplane. Um, so every time I, I got an airplane boss, it'd take me a while to get back used to how differently it controlled yeah, I can see that. But at the same time, I, I'm happy it existed because it gave some uh, needed breaks from the the main part of the game. Switched it up in a meaningful and well thought out, fun way. Mm-hmm. Gave my space fire break. <laughs> so. Uh, jumping off that, uh, Paul, we'll want to break down Hildeberg. One more note I have about the the airplane ones is uh. this is where I found out how important it was, or maybe it wasn't important, but how much easier it would make my life to parry everything possible so mm. I could put more damage out faster and it was really from this airplane boss on that I would go out of my way to parry things where as before I would just kind of do it here and there but from here on out I always would try to get the parry just so I could build up that meter to do more damage yeah I think I missed something because the my my not my my misunderstanding of pairing and forgetting that pairing exists on Ribbian Croaks basically was common throughout the entire game. I parried nothing. I have a <laughs> zero out of three parry score on every single boss in this whole game. Well, what what I would end up doing, and as part of my notes, is I would map out how many cards I wanted to end each phase with. And each additional parry that I got meant a free small, I don't know what they're called, X shots or a a free small alt. um, It gave you a full card? 
gives you a full card with every parry. Yep. What the heck? So I'd parry, and then if it was a bonus one I wasn't counting on, I would instantly just shoot the big bomb. Or the, not the big bomb. You know what I mean. The X special yeah. attack. Yeah, the X special attack. And and so it would, it, I mean, adds up over the course of the of the round. I mean, if you parry five times, that's an extra alt. Yeah. Yeah, I missed that. <laughs> I thought it was really easy to parry in the plane levels, too. All you do is fly by something and press your jump button. I agree. Yeah. I think parrying was a lot easier on the flying levels because, like, it was easy to mess it up and just take damage on the ground levels, and that's why I never did it. Yeah. So back to Hilda Bird. Her first phase is pretty. It was pretty easy. I thought she has three constellations that will show on the screen, and each one will be a different attack based on what it is you dodge them and you just shoot her mm-hmm. you do that for a while and then um i want to talk about her final phase because i thought her final phase was actually pretty difficult so that's where she turns into a crescent moon and she's taking up like half the screen and she's shooting student shooting stars at you and there's flying saucers on the screen and going over the top and they have these death rays that they beam down and you can't hit them and it forces you into like a very tiny part of the screen and it's it's like that was like the first time where my screen was just full of stuff that i had to react to and it was overwhelming mm-hmm. that early in the yeah. game um, it's like first time that the game is like taking so much space away it's like it's like claustrophobic like you have to be in this tiny tiny little area and you have to be dodging stuff while you're there or else you're dead yeah and the saving grace here is that she has has very little health for this phase Mm -hmm. so if you had two hp left you're probably okay you could kill her before you you got it twice especially if you had a special left yeah yeah if you have your alt saved up it just and that that's what a lot of my parries were geared towards was I need to have five cards for the final phase and if I have extra shoot out some smaller attacks so that I make the most out of it and not sit there with full meter for two phases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was also the first boss where there was some RNG with what phase came out. So not only was it RNG with attacks, but it could be a completely different phase from one attempt to the next uh, with the three Zodiac Constellation phases. Yeah, yeah what were they? The bull? The bull, there was the two like angels that shot out the spinning machine gun. And then the archer. Yeah, the arrow guy. Yeah. We have such good memories pretty good (laughs) but I'm with you I think the moon phase because it just sets it up for what the rest of the game is just hectic nowhere to go you're just the the boss takes up the whole entire screen and if you touch the boss you're dead like I think that that phase makes, makes the boss because the, the phases aren't unexciting or anything, but the rest of the phases is one thing coming at you and you just vertically up or down dodge it. So they're not like the most interesting ever. 
but the moon phase is is the first one that just sets up how the rest of the game's going to be. Yeah. Where do you have her on the list, John? Um, I I honestly am doing it right now as I go as I'm thinking about all of them. But what do you think? For me, she's memorable, and she sets up themes for the rest of the game. I again, I have to go with a B. I also thought she was a fun boss when I was playing her. I thought the phases at that time I didn't think the phases were too easy Mm. but when I replayed her I was like wow this is an easy boss but you know that's after you beat Inkwell Isle 3 obviously Isle 1 is going to be super easy but uh, when I first played her I I didn't think it was too easy I liked that the phases rotated or it wasn't always the same so if I died on phase 5 I wasn't just playing the exact same boss fight over and over yeah. So I thought she was a fun boss to play. I, I gotta go. I think I give her a solid B. Yeah, I've got her in B tier as well. I don't think she was as difficult as some of the other bosses that I have in B tier, but just because she was the first plane boss, it was a very memorable fight because of that and because of the Crescent Moon phase. I've got her in B tier as well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what I think because. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you think, Jay? No, I'm, I'm joking, but yeah, B B seems like a good spot for her. I I do think it's probably the easiest airplane, but it's also the first. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a solid mid tier boss. We have and, consensus. Yeah. All right, Cagney Carnation. The flower boss on Inkwell Isle through Isle One. Jay, you wanna you wanna take this one? Yeah. So I thought this boss overall was pretty easy. Um, it it really telegraphed its its moves, and once you got used to what the different seeds fell and turned into plants, then it it became not too hard. She really telegraphed what level she was going to attack on. Or I don't know if it's a he or she. But Agni, probably. Or a they. Or, yeah. yeah, it's flowers. I shouldn't assume a flower's gender. Um, <laughs> flowers have both. <laughs> True. So you're right either way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I have the wiki pulled up. And under gender, it lists as male. So I guess it's a male plant. Um, I don't know how it determined that, but yeah, I mean, there was a couple times it, it was doing the little dance with its hands at like basically the whole time. There's a couple times I'd walk too close to it using the spread shot and uh, accidentally just get like hit with the hand and I felt really dumb. But then, you know, in the second phase, it, it comes out with the... The platforms where it telegraphs which ones it's going to grow vines on, those are pretty easy to dodge. And again, I lost a lot of lives here because I was going for those parries and trying to get the extra ults. So, uh, what do you guys think? I found this boss to be so 
hard. This boss, for me, and I know it's because I was just, like, stubborn and wouldn't do things that would make the boss easier. I didn't use a gun other than the standard gun until, like, Beppy the Clown. Like, wow. I never use a different gun. If I use the triple shot in Cagney, I'm, I know it would be super easy, right? Like, because yeah. you're doing triple the damage. But I was using the regular gun, and every... The, 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 the plant at the top, and I never used my ults either until, like, area two. So I was just making it so much harder on myself than I needed to, and this boss was actually, like, somewhat difficult when you did that. And so I probably spent, like, a hundred lives, or a hundred deaths here. Like, so I was getting real frustrated, and the, the, the orange with the wings that moves at the top of the screen, I'd always accidentally hit that. But uh, now this, yeah. this boss was the first boss to frustrate me. Yeah, that, that was one. The one that flies at the top was one I had to make sure to kill. Otherwise, I knew I was going to jump into it. Uh, but I will say this one might have been easier for me again because this was my second time playing it. But, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it was a grain of salt the last time I played it was five years ago, but I, I kind of knew what to expect going in. I think this is one that you kind of like a type that you talked about earlier where the first phase is more difficult and the, the later phases aren't as difficult because in the first phase it has a, a few things that it does you have to deal with like you guys have talked about. And then in that second phase, like Jay said, it really telegraphs with the platform. It's going to hit with its vines and it telegraphs the punch. So you really just have to jump to whatever level. It's not going to punch and just keep shooting it the whole time. I, I didn't yeah. find it that difficult. I thought that Ribby and Krogs was way harder for me than Cagney. I wasn't parrying yet at this point in the game either, so I wasn't uh, wasting time getting good at that. This I is feel cool. like... Go ahead. I feel like parrying would have helped a lot on this level. I'm not exactly sure what was pink and you can parry, so but... The, the seeds that it rained down. So one of the pink. seeds when it rained down was oh, pink. So it wouldn't ha it wouldn't grow into a plant. Correct. Right. And then there uh, was she, he shot some uh, pink stuff out of its mouth every now and then. First yeah. phase. So those those two things you could build a meter pretty quick. And just make it so there's less threats on the board on the screen. Yeah. yeah. But again, you know, double-edged sword could miss your parry and get hit. This is the meme boss, right? Up into something. It's the what? This is the meme boss, right? Mean? The meme? I People don't know. Do you remember how it looks at the beginning? Like all cute and docile? Uh, yeah. And then That's it, right. Yeah. I forgot about those memes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad I finally got to experience that. <laughs> Yeah, for me, this was the hardest boss on Inkwell Isle 1, and also my least enjoyable boss, just because I know it was because I wasn't taking advantage of everything the game had to offer, but I hate this boss. F tier. That's not justified. 
I've got it's not viable at all, but I've, I hate it. I've got Cadme Carnation in C tier, probably a D tier boss, but for the meme, I gotta put it in C tier. Yeah, I, I agree. I'd say it's D. So you in the middle. D tier. But right. the difference make it D. Okay. I agree, D tier. Because it pissed me off. <laughs> so that was the final boss in Inkwell Isle 1. Once you got through here, you're able to go through the dice, uh, through King Dice's house or bridge or whatever it was into Inkwell Isle 2. Uh, and on Inkwell Isle 2, there were four. Do I have all the bosses on this list? Was there only four on Inkwell Isle 2? I'm yep. missing something. No? I'm not? No, pretty sure that was it. All right. Oh, the Grim. You're missing Grim. Yeah, oh, Grim. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the worst one. It's because it's just out of, it's gone. I, I don't. We don't talk about Grim. <laughs> we just skip that one, put it at F. Yeah, I I deleted that one out of the memory <laughs> bank. Alright, we can uh we can start with Baroness. I wanna read a quote from Jay that he texted our group about yeah, this. Yeah, I was boss. gonna say, like I'll let Jay talk about this one because I know he loved it. Let me read this quote from Jay. <laughs> Fucking hour and a half fighting unfair shit ass design candy. <laughs> Go on, Jay. Alright. Well, what pissed me off the most about the fucking candy, and it would have been good to have the smoke bomb, because I realized that would have saved me a lot of tries. But I didn't know about that until I was complaining about it in the group and Paul told me that you can have a invincible dash. But yeah. uh, I just thought the design for this boss in particular was bullshit. Um, it's RNG on what candy comes out, right? So the first three phases are different candy comes out of a castle and they do different things and some of them are super easy and some of them are just fucking stupid and then each time you beat one it adds a little wrinkle to it so i think the first time a little tiny like one pixel tall nerd runs across this it's this a jelly screen. bean jelly bean, <laughs> a jelly okay. bean yeah so I thought it was a nerd because it was so fucking small. Um, and so, like, I just wouldn't see it half the time or it'd be underneath the the animation for the boss and it would just come out of nowhere and hit me. Or, or if the boss is forcing you to be all yeah. the, to the way to the right side of the screen. It just comes out of the castle and you're instantly hit. Yeah. And there's no outplay, nothing you can do, especially when you don't have the dash. Yeah. Um, you can parry you're just it. fucked. You can parry the jelly bean. It's only really the pink hard. one. How many of them? Only are pink? the pink one. There's oh. green, blue, and pink, and oh, it's yeah. random. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So you so, guys know about parrying? I have no clue. So it's there was a, there was 
the gumball machine, which was pretty easy, it's similar to the onion where it just rains down stuff, you dodge that stuff, you can kill it really quick if you have the spread shot. And then the, I don't know, what is it, a waffle or a chocolate piece? Chocolate bar. Uh, chocolate waffle, actually. It's it's a waffle. Chocolate I thought waffle. the waffle was very difficult. Yep. If it got too close to you, it was like basically undatchable. Right. Yeah. Another, another thing, it could funnel you into the right side of the map and then... And that one was tough. There was the muffin or the cupcake. forget which. Um, yeah. And that one jumped down, and I died so many times to the muffin. To the splash? No. Well, I didn't know that how to hit it. I thought you could only hit it while it was jumping. I didn't know you could crouch down to the ground and just constantly be hitting it. So that took me, like... 50 deaths time i got the muffin i just like retry because it was it fucked me the and splash then, from the muffin fucked me up i thought i was safe and then i'd get hit by the very end of its uh little splash hey, oh. because it's wide it takes up some space once i figured I, out that you could just be like a safe distance away and machine gun it down it ended up being one of my favorites to get because i could burst it down really fast mm-hmm so there was also the candy corn, which I thought was also bullshit because it took up most of the screen. Um, it had a set path, but would sometimes shift and go across the screen in the middle. But what annoyed me the most is I could perfectly time a jump over it and it would poop out a smaller <laughs> candy corn. And it, the candy corn wouldn't even be out from underneath its, its skin. And I just lose a life, and I thought that was just bad design. The candy corn was, yeah, that was one where the uh, the smoke bomb, yeah, invincible invincible dash was key. Yeah, that would have helped me a ton. And then there was the jawbreaker, which I thought was one of the easier ones because you could just kind of figure eight it, and it would just keep following you. Of course, with the the nerd. After you beat the first phase, and then after the second phase, she started shooting a gun at you. Mm-hmm. That that added a wrinkle to it, but essentially, if you got Gumball Phase One or Muffin Phase One, at least for me, it was it was a good run. Any of the other two would be tough. So then, Gum, yeah, the the final phase, the she, she and her castle start crawling after you. Her cave she, castle. She shoots her head at you, and it'll follow you wherever you go. The final phase wasn't that hard. It just took me a long time to get used to when her head would move. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. the toughest part. But And then you also have to dodge her gun as you're being chased by her head, too. Yeah, and there was like a... A mint or something rolling peppermint. across the screen. Yeah, yeah. You could, yeah. Once I figured out I could parry it off the peppermint, it got a lot easier. Oh, what I the know heck you is could do that? This? You can just parry it, and it just makes it easy to dodge the head. But I, I also uh, had a hard time getting away from the head. Well, what pissed me off the most about this boss is I'd have, you know. 30 tries that would end based on RNG of what phase I would get before I even got to the end. 
So that's when I started sending hate texts to the group. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, this was probably my second. The most bullshit boss is the dragon, but this is the second most bullshit. See, that's the thing. I think the dragon is the hardest boss, but I don't think there's much bullshit about it. We can I talk think, about that when we get to yeah, the dragon. Let's we'll, put we'll a pin there. That. But <laughs> I think Baroness Bon Bon Bon, for me, I think she has the most uh, undodgeable things, personally. Like, the French toast when it gets too close to you, like, you, you can't dodge it. You can... I guess, like, the people who are really good at Cuphead probably can, right? They can jump and then dash at the perfect level so that yeah. they don't get hit by the exploding French Miss toast. Miss going but, out and dash through it coming back. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, for an average player, that's undodgeable, you know? You're getting hit by that. If, if it decides to come toward you and then do its attack, you're getting hit. Uh, I didn't really think the uh, the nerds or the the jelly beans were that bad because they weren't random. Like there was a definitely a uh, set time for them to come out. So unless, uh, unless it caught me by surprise, I typically was able to dodge those. Well, um, let, let me just say this about the jelly beans. You got the gumball machine. That was a wall. Yeah. That you can shoot through. Yeah, and you also have to and dodge stuff raining, so jumping can mess down. you up there. So you can't yeah. really jump, and you can't shoot the jelly bean before it gets to you. And yeah, it's just like stuff like that. If you didn't get hit there, you got lucky. Yeah, no, that's fair. I thought the gumball machine on phase two or three, especially phase three, was basically a free de- a free loss of of one of your lives. I don't think it was basically impossible to beat phase three gumball machine machine without losing a life i thought i don't know anytime i got the gumball machine i was happy because i thought that was the easiest one i thought it just died so fast yeah that's true i didn't see again i didn't use anything but the regular gun for this fight it only got off one round of gumballs with the spread before it died that's nuts because it died fast with the with the with the uh, default gun. So I can't imagine how fast it dies. The pea shooter, yeah. So I can't imagine how fast it dies with the triple shot. I didn't even shoot special attacks at it. If I had done that, I don't even know if it would have finished this first barrage. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but the one that I thought was super hard was the the jawbreaker. I always lost lives on the jawbreaker. I could not get away from that thing. But apparently all you have to do is figure eight it. <laughs> yeah, figure eight it and having smoke bomb makes it really easy. The chocolate waffle was the only one that I thought was really hard on this one. And it is just because it would come close to you and explode. And it's even funny that dash. we all have a different hardest one. My opinion of the candy corn. I hate yeah, it. mine's the gum or the jawbreaker. And then Paul's is the, the waffle. So that actually is pretty funny. But for me, Bon Bon, I will say thematically. Yeah. It's got to be raised up for like uh, 
just how cohesive the theme of the boss is. All yep. all the phases and how well thought out it is. I like I love the concept of Bon Bon, but some of the phases piss me off. So what would you rate it, John? C. Oh. I have this one down as a B tier. And I would give it an E. <laughs> so we can put it justifiable. We should put it in <laughs> meet it in the middle. We can, we can put it at D. That. You guys are all good with D? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I mean John had it at B. I added it at B, John added it. Would you say C, John? Yeah. Let's put it at C. Because I, I just have unfair hatred, probably, for the RNG. Yeah, the RNG <laughs> knocks it down, I think, for sure. It's cheap when it's when it's based on a random event. It just it just feels like no matter how good I am, if I get the wrong RNG, I have to redo the run. And that's yeah. not what feels good. True. Skill-based game. Yeah. All right. Uh, going on to the next boss fight is Jimmy the Great, who is the genie boss and the second airplane fight. So on this boss, you have... You're fighting the genie with your airplane. Um trying to think back on this one i i can say a little bit about this one this one yeah go for it in my head um phase one also rng kind of pissed me off there was that some right, yeah. that were really hard like the cats following you were pretty easy the knives were pretty easy but there all was the random shit random garbage thrown at you i guess they were all pretty easy but the rng just made it guess it added some difficulty but that was a common would be like a real easy kip that was a common phase for a lot of the plane bosses they had like a few different uh things that they could attack you with in their first phase that were random true right and then second phase was the pillars with the random like fans that would bounce around and hit you yeah Mm -hmm. once i switched to the the alternate fire. Yeah, because you get one shot the pillars. It one shots the pillars, so it became a lot easier for me to get through this phase. It just would again it felt RNG, it probably wasn't, but sometimes it just with the way the fan was bouncing around and the way the screen was moving was really hard to not get hit. Yep. And then phase three, it's in a sarcophagus. This phase, I cheesed it, it was really easy. If you fly at the very top, middle of the screen, and use your alternate fire, which like drops a bomb, mm-hmm. you could just free damage on it the entire time and not get hit by anything. So nothing went just, there. No, nothing went on the top. It would slide up and down the sarcophagus, but never slid all the way to the top. It's funny yeah, that it's you funny. use uh, the word sarcophagus. My note is after that, he turns into a mummy casket. <laughs> Because I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> uh, about phase four was the uh, puppet 
I think I used my ult on this phase every time, and it went really quick, so I don't really know what this phase does. Um, Just shoots finger guns at you like you do. I thought it was pretty cool, yeah. design-wise. Not very challenging, though. Right, and then the final phase, I don't really remember. He's just a it giant is. head. He's on the right side of the screen. He's a giant head, and there's floating pyramids that emit like rays that go to the edges of the screen, so they keep you. Uh, and the pyramids like move in a circle, so they keep you having to move and dodge, uh, dodge these rays that are getting shot out. Yeah, it's like the first bullet hell type uh, mission here for the plane battles. Yeah, I think for me, the reason I uh, didn't remember him very well is just because I think I fluked into beating him on like my third try. I straight up got to the sarcophagus. I It was very difficult. Uh, but the first time I beat the sarcophagus, I beat him. So like, I just didn't like every other boss. I'm like sitting here for at least half an hour playing him 50 times. Whereas this one, I just like, lo- I, I fluked it and beat him like super early. A good feeling though, just like yeah, brush it off. Some people say he's the hardest boss in the game. No way, he oh. has a longer boss fight, and uh, I like that he had a variety of phases and they all felt distinct. If we get big and people hear about uh, the top middle cheese that Jay found, <laughs> then <laughs> it'll so, no longer be the hardest boss fight. So, the thing is, there's a uh, one attack. That he like shoots out, I think it's like two ghosts or something, and they like kind of loop back and forth, and they spread out as they go further down the map or down mm-hmm. the screen. But you just have to position yourself ahead of where they spread out all the way, and so nothing comes up to like that portion of the screen. You just sit there with your bomb, and <laughs> <laughs> not move, hold down the fire button, and easy. Make a YouTube video to show it, and we'll get. I mean, there's nobody playing this game these days except our listeners, who number in yeah. the thousands, I guess. <laughs> so make that YouTube video you after genie? all. Jimmy the genie. <laughs> Phase three, triple collateral. Anyway, um, so I don't think we have a whole lot more to say on this one. Uh, What's your rate on Jay? I want to hear your rate. I give this one a C. It wasn't too tough. It was okay. The animations were cool. It was a long fight, but I didn't think it stood out from the batch. I had this one in A tier just because it was memorable. Not because it was necessarily hard, but it had uh, distinct phases and it was it was a fun fight. It was a fun playing battle. Yeah, I say split it down the middle with you guys. Like I said, I fluked this one. I barely played it. All right, so we're going B tier. Yeah, here it's official. The most official tier ranking of Cuphead bosses on the internet. Locked in. <laughs> All right, what's next, John? Nice. Nice is Beppy the Clown, which for me is one of my favorite boss fights. I think it was. It had very difficult sections. It had 
sections that were borderline impossible to not take damage in. Yep. But once I beat it, I was so excited about it that I just, I really enjoyed this fight. So Beppy the Clown, uh, he's a clown. The first section is the bumper car. Uh, there are balloons holding ducks, uh, like duck targets above uh, where the bumper car is. And he's in a bumper car and tries to run you down. So you have to jump and dash over his bumper car. If you haven't um, guessed, it's a carnival theme. Right, right, right. <laughs> so first phase, really not hard. Uh, especially like once you figure out you have to hit the ducks before you jump over them or else you jump into the ducks. Yeah, but, but really, really, really not quick, difficult. Really quick, yeah. Ken. If you have Smoke Bomb, you don't even have to hit the ducks because you can just dash through him. That's That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I, I had to have four health this one, though. Like, I, I was not beating this one without four health. That's fair. Yeah, I didn't know about the snow, smoke bomb at this point. This was the first boss I did in Isle, too. Um, so, this one I thought was fair. You know, I don't have any big beef with this one. It was a tough but fair boss. Mm-hmm. Phase two, uh, he turns into a balloon. So it's his face on a on a helium, a big helium balloon in the middle of the screen. Uh, and he starts sending dog shaped like balloon animals at you, like a lot of them. So you're dodging and you're hitting him um, at the same time. I think during this phase, the train starts up, too. So there's a train that you can't get hit by and you have to jump on the train. And then there's uh sections of the train that are occupied by enemies so you have to jump over them too just a lot going on so i really liked how much was going on i liked that you had a little bit more space with how much was going on during this fight i just liked how this fight how this fight felt throughout uh once you take care of him as the balloon he appears on the edges of your screen top left and top right corners basically riding a horse out of like a merry-go-round uh the horse has two attacks one that shoots like horseshoes that do like a up and down pattern and one what's the second oh it and one the where the horseshoes row. yeah the horseshoes are they line up at the top of the screen with one gap and then they fall straight down so you have to get into the gap whoa uh i want to dive into this phase a little bit but go yeah, ahead Jay. You probably can parry a horseshoe or something. You can, well, we didn't mention it. In phase one, you can, some of the ducks were pink. You could parry those. And then also the ducks would drop light bulbs that oh, right, right. hurt you. And then in phase two, some of the dog air balloons were pink as well that you could parry. <clears throat> Which it, would have been so helpful because they're taking up, like, there's so many of them. Yep. Yeah. The real hard part of this fight is is the roller coaster that you get to platform over every so often. Right. And, and that's what I wanted to talk about with this merry-go-round phase mm-hmm. is on the ones where on both of them in the background it telegraphs when the the roller coaster is going to come through because you can see it coming. Uh through the background and then it shows up on the right side of the screen mm-hmm. so what you could do for both of the attack patterns on this 
one is you could stand right underneath the That'd the be- guy on the merry-go-round and just shoot your your triple shot straight up. And as long as you're keeping an eye on where the where the roller coaster is, you can get through this one really quick. Dang, See, I knew on. that I was standing underneath him, but I didn't know that it was telegraphed when the roller coaster was going to come. So I'd be standing underneath him and then it would come and I'd be like, shit, I got to get out of here. And I'd be too late. So I'd have to jump up and take damage or get hit by the roller coaster and take damage. Yeah, I never even stood underneath them because I never noticed in the background that it showed the roller coaster. Yeah, so. you see you see it like come in and then it goes off screen to the right and then a couple seconds later it shows up. So when I saw it get there, I just backed off. Platformed over that for a bit. Gotcha. And then the final phase. Honestly, I'm having trouble remembering the uh, completely remembering he turns into the merry-go-round yep and you have to him and yeah. shoot him on top of uh above like what, what what's below you they're like dancing bears or something penguins i think penguins they were penguins how did i not notice that <laughs> i think they're penguins and they uh throw those balls at you yeah yeah on the wiki it's called ball penguins <laughs> <laughs> So there were ball penguins and they're throwing balls at you and you, at least for me, always have one life at this point. So it was just I'm focusing just on the balls and dodging them and platforming between the things. And I I liked how hectic and I liked I think my favorite fights in this game were ones where you had to platform on top of fight the boss. I think that's why I like this boss so much is uh there, there's those sections where you really have to control where your character is, not just dodging, but dodging and making sure you don't get hit by the environment. One thing yeah. I thought they did well was they kind of introduced things in each fight that are going to be a feature of the hardest fight on the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, Quick note, on the wiki it has a list of parry objects and it says on here roller coaster nose. I guess you could parry the nose of the roller coaster and uh, are, are you, what would it do? Are you invulnerable uh, after a parry? No, but I don't know if it would stop the roller coaster or not. I don't know. Oh, Maybe it just OP. makes you don't take damage. I never thought to do that. Go back and try. Notes. But just a, a note that I saw. Yeah, it's interesting, though. Anybody who's going to go play Cuphead, try to parry the roller coaster nose and let us know how that goes. Major tip for anyone who's going to go play Cuphead parry stuff and, and use guns other than the, the pea shooter before you know you get to Grim. Like, Use use good guns <laughs> earlier, because I think it probably makes a difference. Anything else on Beppy? I think we should rank it. I've got Beppy in A tier. Um, a hundred percent agree. I think Beppy was one of the funnest fights, so I go A tier. I say S tier, but I'm over. 
Just kidding. A tier sounds good. Oh, I forgot we were going up to S. Nah. Nah. I think <laughs> there's better fights. More rewarding fights. You know You know what I'm talking about. He was a step on the ladder for sure. Yep. A step in the right direction. So, yep, definitely. Uh, next fight is Wally Warbles. You want to take this one, Paul? Yeah, so I have in my notes hard the first true bullet hell boss. So this one's another plane fight. In his first phase, he shoots rockets at you in a cone. It's it's another first phase where he's got multiple things that he'll do based on RNG. So the first one is he'll shoot rockets at you in a cone pattern, or he'll shoot an egg that explodes when it gets to all the way to the left of your screen. But then it shoots the shells back at you in a cone pattern. So you got to dodge it on the backside too. And then while all that's going on, there's these small birds that fly along the top or bottom of the screen. And usually there's a pink one at the end that you can parry. So dodging the the exploding eggs was, was tough for me at first, but not too bad. And when he gets to his second phase... He starts to freak out and he just shoots a million feathers at you that you got to dodge through while trying to damage him. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of uh, the feather phase? I loved it. I absolutely, I loved having to duck and weave and dodge between all of the, all of the feathers and keep uh, pumping out damage while I'm doing it. I thought it was one of the funnest phases of the entire game. This is one that I, I may have cheesed as well, where I found out in the feather phase, you could just park yourself in the very back of the screen and slightly move up and down and never get hit. Uh, and the whole time do damage to him because you'll be like right in front of his face. So mm-hmm. the feather, once I figured that out, was the easiest part of the boss battle to me. Okay. And then in the third phase, Wally's son comes out. He's the brains behind the operation. So this was this was the hardest phase for me. He's got these eggshells that rotate around him in a circle, but they move out and then they move back in. And he's shooting a blaster at you every oh eight or so seconds, I think. And, and he's chasing you. Yeah, and he's moving back and forth across the screen. So you've got to dot like get in between his eggshells, and you've got to get back out before they close in. Yeah, I think definitely the uh, the baby bird section was very difficult. I think I figured out though that once he uh, that he would ch- he would actually chase you a bit. So if you stayed at the bottom of the screen and you wait for him to get kind of close, you could sprint to the top of the screen and you'd have space there to not get hit. Gotcha. So he'd chase you vertically. Yeah. I thought that the pink bullets they shot was really easy to yep. parry. So I would, I liked getting to this phase cause I could stock up on cards. Yeah. I didn't think you, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I just want to say, in general, this whole 
battle, I thought had some of the easiest parries in the game. Like the really slow moving pink birds. Yeah. The slow moving electric bullet, he would shoot the pills and the garbage in the last phase. Mm-hmm. I I was able to use a lot of specials to just burst burst them down. Yeah. I, I sucked at trying to shoot the gap through his like eggshell. Yeah, that was the thing. Cause like he those eggs are are floating around him and you half the time you can't do damage, so you're not like progressing on the on the uh, fight bar because you're hitting the shed the, the eggs and not hitting him, you know? It's like jeez, yeah. the shield's so annoying, but I was looking with Jay. Right? When he would shoot his pink blaster dart, I'd be like, yes, let me go parry this so I can use a special on him. Yeah, it was, it was, once you got used to the flow of moving closer to him and then backing off to get around his, his, uh, eggs, I, I thought this was a pretty easy base. Okay, yeah. And then in the final phase, Wally's back and he's being carried on a stretcher by these two birds. And they're chucking projectiles up that pop at the top and track you. And then Wally's coughing up more projectiles at you. What do you guys think of this last final phase? I think... I think it was harder for me than it needed to be. I think the whole fight was harder for me than it needed to be. Uh, as we've discussed, I completely neglected the parrying mechanic for the entire game. So I think if I would have included that in my repertoire, I uh, you know would have had a little easier time on some of these bosses. But for me, I like I was having so much trouble dodging the like the pills and stuff, and it was like frustrating me. Um, but once I actually locked in and just used my alternative shot, the bomb that right. just dropped straight onto him, uh, I didn't think it was too difficult, but for some reason I, I had trouble. Yeah. For the final phase. So I did the, the candy boss and then the gravity well, and then got stuck on the dragon so I stopped doing the dragon and went to do this boss and I could get through all the phases but I could never beat the final phase because I forgot that <laughs> the alt fire <laughs> exists so like the only time I could do damage to him is when he was on the other side of the screen and I go down below his level <laughs> so it made it really hard and at this, I was at peak frustration with the game, and I was sending all those angry texts, and <laughs> and I I bumped it down to simple because I was like, I give up. Are, whoa! I you you said you played one on simple mode. I assumed that was grim. That was this. That was the bird. What? Yeah. Okay. So first off. If you're a game developer and you name a difficulty simple, you're a dick. You know, <laughs> you're purposely trying to make people feel bad for not being able to beat your game. <laughs> simple and regular, like, come on, like it should be regular and normal or something. I don't know, but anyway, so I, I already took the huge blow to my ego. I handed in my gamer card and. <laughs> 
and I was like playing it on simple with tears running out down my face and you know simple wasn't that much simple all the projectiles were slower like the egg that exploded for instance uh, only did two projectiles instead of three so like it it just made things slower and there was like less to worry about and it also cut out the last phase so you got to the 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 baby phase and then he won so i was like okay i'm just gonna play through the rest on simple so i can finish it in time and not lose my mental health and and so i beat it on simple it still took me uh, like 10 tries and and the boss the there's a message that appears from king dice and it says, just so you know, after you beat it, not before you beat it, it tells you this. Just so you know, beating bosses on simple doesn't give you their soul contract. Now scram. <laughs> <laughs> I read that. And I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? So I can't even progress no matter what. Like, So that was like my peak, peak hatred for the game. Huh? Come on. That's so funny. Um, but you know, persevered, got through it. Um, yeah, the the main takeaway for the final phase for me was switching to the lob bomb made it way easier. Yeah, yeah. What would you rate Wally? Okay, I'd say it's a B tier. What do you think, John? I I really enjoyed Wally. I thought Wally was a fun boss. I I for me, I'd go A tier. I've got him in A tier as well. Right. A tier it is for Wally. It's definitive. Locked it's in. It's fair. <laughs> it's fair. I know this it's one. Fair. All right. And now the game actually begins. Oh. Grim matchstick. We could start this one with another quote. <laughs> okay, let's, let's do it. Should I read your quote or should I read Jay's quote? Why not both? It, yeah, read them both. I forget what my quote is. Uh, I feel like, oh no, hold on, that's the wrong one. Yeah, we're, I swear, maybe you only texted me about it. All right, well, while he's finding the quote, I guess we can talk about the phases. Yeah. Um, phase, phase one, well, the whole boss fight, you have to platform on these clouds that are side-scrolling, and don't have a set pattern um and in phase one he shoots like these circles at you with the third or fourth one being a pink one you could parry those are pretty easy parries to build up on on cards also he shot fireballs that would bounce vertically while coming at you 
and sometimes he shot two at once, so it bounced both directions. And mm-hmm. the other thing you had to worry about is occasionally his tail would show at the bottom of the screen. And you'd have to know that you need to move from that position on the screen because the tail was going to shoot up. And if you touch the tail at all, you would lose a, a hit point. Mm-hmm. Phase- Funny story. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Or Yeah, let me just for phase one. Funny story about phase one. The first time like this, this fight is the ultimate platforming while fighting a boss like what you like what you said uh you're platforming on these on these little clouds and they don't have a a set pattern and you're dodging stuff and you know you're trying to dash but you have to make sure there's a cloud that you're going to land on every time you do a jump the first time i died to this boss i literally just sat here and laughed out loud i was like how am I ever going to beat this? This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like literally just sat back and went, what? Like completely, basically completely defeated after one attempt, just looking at it. Like I'm not, I'm never beating this. Why would I even try? Like almost turn the game off. But as they all do, you start figuring, figuring stuff out, figuring out ways to make the bottom of the phases a little easier and you eventually get it. But yeah, I literally just laughed out loud on my first death. All right, I found the quote. Are you guys ready? Yeah. So Jay texted me and said, my perspective this time around will be the guy who didn't finish the game. Spent over two <laughs> hours of my extremely limited free time smacking my face against a stupid fucking dragon until I chucked my controller across the room and rage quit. Rage turned off the Xbox. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to save Cuphead for the weekend. Um, constantly having a game constantly screaming at me is too stressful to come home and smash my head against a cartoon dragon for three hours without losing my shit. Oh, it's too real. Oh, like here's the thing, like. Work for me is incredibly stressful. So, like, video games are part of, like, my unwinding, relaxing time. And then I go from a long day, like, and then just fucking smash my face against this fucking dragon for three hours, make zero progress, be laughing maniacally, screaming. My fiance is screaming, and like you can hear my screams in the background. Her friends are asking, like, "What is going on there?" And she's like, "Oh, he's playing Cuphead." <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not proud of it. I died, like after three hours, and I like laughed maniacally, stood up, full force, fucking launched the controller into the other couch, and. Turned off the Xbox and like went to bed. That was like, and texted Paul, and that was uh, the basis of that quote. Sounds like a fun day. <laughs> My reply to that was to reply to your text about Tales of Asperia and say, "I saw it's on sh- sale on the eShop." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hit rock bottom. <laughs> 
Well, anyways, back to Grim. So I think. Go ahead, John. Yeah, I think we're on phase two. Do you want to keep going, Jay? Yeah. So phase two, phase one, I could really get through without losing a health point after a while. Phase two is what I really thought was bullshit. Um, what happens is he comes in from the other side of the screen, so now you have to platform the other direction. Um, also, he's only on the bottom half of the screen, so only half of the platforms you jump on, you can actually hit him from. Meanwhile, he sticks out his tongue, and there's all these little dancing fireballs where they'll seemingly at random, one of them will make a little noise and jump at you. And the first one in this march of dancing fireballs has a hat which you can get hit by. Um, and <laughs> what really pissed me off is, yeah, the fireballs telegraph their direction, but they would never telegraph their height. Never. So no, I, I would jump and it would jump like way higher than where I was and hit me anyway. Sometimes I would just like stand there and they'd completely miss. So for me, it was just draw, random roll of the dice if I made it through phase two, dying three times or dying once, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to die at least, you know. <laughs> so that to me was the epitome of bullshit and so many restarts and the worst part is the first phase isn't short like you have to do that for a solid i don't know couple minutes before you even get to the bullshit part and so just having to redo it over and over and over and over again i i uh and this one in particular was the worst offender i thought with the short amount of time between the music loop so like just the music going over and over again was like playing in my mind as it was driving me to madness the fucking announcer at the beginning saying here goes like I would mock the announcer on the TV like here I am a grown ass man (laughs) fucking trying to make this announcer feel bad about himself but anyway uh, phase two was incredible BS and then the hardest part about phase three is that I didn't get to phase three very often. So when I got there, it was an event and it took, you know, a hundred tries to get there. And then just to learn what was on phase three. And phase three was just as hard as phase two, too. Yeah. Harder. I think, I think it was ridiculously hard because same thing, right? Like I played through phase one hundreds of times to the point where I was, I had a, Phase one uh, had two different uh, two different ways the phase could start, uh, either with fireball or with uh, lasers. The clouds were exactly the same if the lasers if if it started with lasers or like great laser rings, the clouds would be exactly the same. So I literally had a route that I would mind turn my brain off and just mind-numbingly do every single time to not take damage if like lasers was how it started because you know you do something a hundred times in two days and it's like just turn the brain off run that way all right phase two let's go but phase two yeah phase two 
the 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 little fire mm. candies or fireballs. I see what you're saying because it was random when they would jump. I did like that they had a little noise, and I I like that about the game that like every attack has its own unique noise. So you have that uh, that warning system on top of visual, but. They would telegraph, and it was short, right? And they telegraphed which direction they were, they were going to jump. So rather than worrying about height, I would just move left or right past where they're jumping from, and they would just be, I'd already be, I've already dodged it before they jumped. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got three words for you guys about phase two. What are they? The lobber baby. Really? So I was having a hard time with this phase two. And then I went, got some coins, and I bought the lobber. And I used this exclusively on this fight. And it's great for him because you stand up on the top layer of those clouds and you just rain down these balls of death on him. Oh. So, wow, that makes so much sense. Because even when you said the lobber, I'm like, what's the point? Can you hit his tongue that they're walking on? But no, you can actually get yourself some height so you can dodge the candies and have time to dodge them. Yep. And then anytime they jumped, I was using the smoke bomb. So they jump, I jump, I dash. Wow, so, that's smart. So I, I, this was probably the easiest phase for me. Just because of the lobber and the smoke bomb. That's smart. You actually used your brain a little bit. So that's one thing I I liked about the tools in general. Well, probably only the weapons. They're they're tailored to uh, certain bosses, I thought. And I'll talk about that more on some of the the harder bosses as we get to them. Yeah, I mean, I have... In my notes, like the dragon, it feels like a puzzle boss. It's it's very difficult mechanically, but like you figure out the phases and you figure out how to get to phase three over and over without taking any damage. Like you create strategies for each phase, you know. And I wish my strategy was as good as your strategy because I feel like I didn't even solve phase two. I just kind of, you know, dodged and got away, uh, got away from them. Whereas you actually like figured out how to beat it consistently and easily because it's still very hard to dodge it every single time even when you're dodging you know uh trying to dodge before they jump yeah but like because i knew i needed four lives to beat phase three it's like it felt like a puzzle of like how do i get good enough to always beat phase one and two without taking any damage you know yeah and then I was, I can obviously tell I was very pissed at myself a lot of times uh, because my notes are like, what the hell are you doing? Just how the, F, how the fuck do I win this? This is effing stupid. Yeah, my notes are just nothing helpful. It's just a bunch of me like going crazy in was, writing. Was this the first boss fight where you had to platform backward to damage him? It it was right. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you count the the clown. If he stood on the right side of the screen. Oh yeah, yeah, true. 
platform over the. That was a unique twist to this one. It was hard to work either way because I always wanted to be facing right. Yeah, and we haven't even talked about phase three yet, which I feel is the hardest phase in, in, in this the, and one of the hardest in the game. I think his phase... The dragon, yeah. I think his phase three is the toughest phase in the entire game. This three-headed dragon in phase three takes up half the screen. It, like, kind of... Each head, before they shoot a fireball at you, kind of reaches forward even further. So it's like there's just no space... And then it forces they they shoot this uh, they shoot that big fire attack where you have to be on the top clouds or else you're dead because you can go to the bottom clouds, but you can't jump, jump. so you can't yeah. get, get far enough back to not hit the dragon anyway. So you have to be on the top clouds for them. It's like just there's just it's the epitome of there's no space for you to be on the entire screen. And they're constantly and shooting those balls that if you hit them with your weapon they explode and they shoot small projectiles in a cross pattern yeah yeah it's just there's no space to work with like i for every single boss in the entire game i held down the trigger i held down vex button to uh constantly shoot and it was very difficult for me to uh break that habit you know and not be shooting when i was looking at a ball because every time i broke a ball i would get hit happened so much and it happened when i would be facing right and dodging uh i'd be facing the right side of the screen dragons on the left and i would be dodging a ball and the ball would go off the screen to the right and then apparently i'd break the ball off the screen to the right and the little projectile would come back that pissed me off i felt like that was a little unfair like once it got off the screen, breaking it and getting hit. But uh, because of that, I had to train myself to not hold down the, the trigger, the, the the fire button. That was another nice thing about the lobber is the fire rate is uh, lower. So it's a little easier to keep holding it down and still shoot around those projectiles. And you were probably just on the top of the screen, the whole, the top clouds yep. the whole time, so you didn't even have to worry about dodging the fire. Yep. Dang, that's smart. And the damage is pretty good from the uh, the extra special attacks on the lobber as well. They're just basically a big ball that you throw at him. So, and he didn't have he had a decent amount of health. It took a, a little bit, but I think it helped having the the lobber, which does more damage. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool. Like, this is a game I could see myself going back and playing, replaying in a couple of years, especially like using all the strategies that we're we're talking about uh, right now. I don't know about on expert mode. Maybe I don't know about playing grim on expert. <laughs> yeah. I think going back and playing on co-op would be fun, though. Now that we're uh, we know all the bosses and strategies to beat them all, like just seeing if we could run through it in the weekend. Yeah, that'd be fun. It'd be fun to play with somebody like Jay was this past weekend, where you yeah. somebody who's never played and you just trade off and they think you're really good. Yeah, right. 
But to finish up with the grim matchstick, Paul, what do you think? Grim's a. I I debate between S tier and A tier, but I went with A tier. For me, I have Grim in my S tier. It's unbelievably difficult, but it is the most memorable fight of the entire game. It, for the most part, doesn't feel unfair. Didn't feel unfair to me. Um, it's a dragon. That's cool. And uh, it is the most rewarding. Like once you beat it, it's the most exciting. It's most excitement I had in the whole game. So for me, because of that feeling, uh, I, I put it in my ass. All right. It's an S. Um, I would, I would rank it significantly lower, but because how much love you guys have for it, I think it deserves an S. It deserves an S tier because of, it deserves an S tier because at the beginning of the fight, how he just like flies on your screen and he's just like waving his hands around. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Every, everything I said, I take it back. It's because he was waving his hands around. <laughs> Let's make the flower an S tier too. <laughs> it's a flower face. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that uh, that completes the uh, area two, Inkwell Isle two. Um, completion of Grim allows you to move into Inkwell Isle three, where you are met with a just a gauntlet of difficult bosses. Uh, Grim, Grim might be the most difficult or second most difficult in the game, but all the bosses on Inkwell Isle Three uh, are bosses that are going to take some time. And well, actually, a couple of them aren't. Think a that couple bad. of them aren't that bad. Yeah, but there's a lot of much more. Uh, difficult and time-consuming bosses for sure on uh, on three. Starting with Rumor Honeybottoms, uh, the B boss. So on this one, again, is a platforming level, vertical platforming this time. Is this, the, uh, this is the first boss fight where there's vertical platforming, right? Right. This is the one uh, in this fight uh, there's three stages with vertical platforming and again RNG based platforms so uh, where they're going to be and where you can actually move uh, changes with every attempt so stage one is the security guard uh, in this stage there is a B in like police officer uniform he throws out a bomb that takes a few seconds and then shoots. Uh, I would, the being bees, probably uh, stingers. Yep. But stingers in all directions. Uh, meanwhile, there's also like lowly worker bees uh, just flying around back and forth just to add something else. Those and those suck because like you'll be on the edge of the screen and one will and just, they just come in and you have no opportunity to react. I 100% agree. I literally thought that the worker bees 
were some of the most unfair things because there's no warning. Yeah. Like, and like, I'm not super pissed off about it, but like you'd be on that screen and then one would come in and just take a help from you without anything that could, could save you from it. Yeah. I'm not mad about it either. I just had to start avoiding the edges of the screen in this fight. Yep. So once you beat the security guard, uh, phase two uh, is the queen bee. Rumor Honey Bottoms herself comes out, uh, and she has three different attacks. Uh, one attack, she'll be in the... Er, and before she comes and does these attacks, there's a big arrow at the top of the screen that tells you uh, where she's coming. If the arrow's in the center, you know it's going to be her like wrecking ball attack. In this attack, she comes down into the middle, middle screen. She's on like a chain. Her head's on a chain at the very bottom of the screen, and she starts spitting out bullets that weave their way up uh, up the map toward you. So you have to dodge those three of those bullets, and then she, she leaves. The other two both can happen on either side of the screen. There is an attack where she summons these black triangles that every couple seconds will shoot projectiles out of each tip. Um, she'll summon two of those. And then they spawn attack. those triangles yeah. spawn on top of you too. So you, have to, so you have to move and you have to avoid where the tips or the points are because they're going to shoot a projectile as soon as they, they spawn in. It's tough. Right. Like that one I think was the hardest attack of the three, the most difficult. Yeah. I think the bullet, got me sometimes just because I'd run out of platforms where I could dodge it. Yeah. Then what was the third one, John? Third one was she would summon these orbs that would chase you around until they stopped. For me, uh, the... Her attacks just thematically made no sense to me. Like, why is a bee doing this stuff? I didn't... Did not think about that when I was fighting her, but she she was very frustrating to fight. She's very tough. Yeah, I There's, agree. That why does this bee have telepathic powers to make shapes appear? Why is she shooting out bullets? Why does her head turn into a wrecking ball? And then you think seems like a not very themed fight. Yeah. It's like a lot of fights do extremely well with the theme, but this one didn't feel like one of those. Sorry, Paul, go ahead. I'm ready to jump in with this one. And then you think that's fucked up. In the third phase, she's a a bomber airplane. (laughs) With a saw hand. Yeah, and she shoots these homing fists at you, and they follow you around. And if that's not enough... Then, for some reason, she has a saw hand attack that takes up 75% of the screen. So, you're trying to dodge these saws in, like, 25% of the screen and not get hit by this giant AoE attack, and it just sucks. Yeah, so, for me, the last phase was just complete bullshit (laughs) and impossible to beat. And it probably would have helped me if I had the lobber. Because shooting the the triple shot or the pea shooter down at it was really hard. So Hell yeah. in order to compensate for not being able to do a lot of damage in the third phase, I started playing 
this boss like a macro chess match. So an interesting uh, mechanic in these boss fights is in a certain phase, once they start an animation, they're locked in to stay in that phase. So what 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 the strategy was was do uh not enough damage to it in the second phase i mean if you're doing damage to it to her the whole time she does three different attacks right right in phase two but if you did less damage to her you could get her locked into a fourth animation in the second phase. And once she started that, you could unload all your alts, like a ton of damage, and then you get to phase three with it being halfway done already. And that's the way we beat her. And the way we know that that works is we die instantly in pit phase three and and be halfway already without even hitting her once. (laughs) So it became a, you know, you got to kind of have a feel for it, and that feel only develops after you play it, that boss a ton of times. But you got to know when is when you should lay off on the damage in Phase 2 so that you could block her into another animation and really get a lot of progress in the last phase without actually starting the last phase. That's smart. But yeah, for her third phase, it was actually I didn't use the lobber because uh, I had to move around so much to dodge the homing fist missiles. I couldn't line it up to rain down on her for this entire boss fight. I actually used the uh, the chaser, and it's really nice because you just hold down the button to shoot, and then you just focus on dodging everything, and your bullets home in on the boss or other targets. Yeah, I used the chaser for her third phase. I used the pea shooter for the first two. So the chaser made it like it was very when you could focus on dodging the the boxing gloves, it made it much easier. So uh, it was basically I took damage from the boxing gloves every single time when I was trying to use the pea shooter on the third phase. But once I used the, the chaser, I beat it first try and didn't take any damage. Like, man, I wish I did that earlier. Yeah, night and day. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess the takeaway is use the chaser and you don't have to do all this holding back damage. Two-thirds of the work. (laughs) Just dodge and platform. Don't worry about aiming. What, What do you guys rate this one? I had her in S tier. She was one of the hardest bosses in the game. I thought she was, it was, I didn't think about the thematic stuff that you guys brought up, but I thought nothing was like bullshit, like not fair about the fight. So it was a highlight of the game for me. Yeah, I agree. She was one of the most difficult bosses and, uh, but for me, she just wasn't as fun as Grim. So I think for me, I put her in A. 
She is one of the most better. Ah, she's so memorable, though. Only no, boss I mean, would platform vertically. I, I, yeah, I think I do have to put her in S tier just because, like, if there's two bosses I remember, it's Grim and Honeybottoms and Robot. S tier it is. Locked in. Congratulations. Rumor Honeybottoms. <laughs> Who's up next, John? Next is Captain Briny Beard. So Captain Briny Beard is a pirate. He's on a ship. And he has a bunch of fish friends that help him attack you. So phase one, he's just... uh, Oh, and he also has a treasure chest that is hanging above... Uh, on at the top of the screen yes. that will lower down and drop onto the deck when it's above you. So it's also another obstacle that throughout the entire fight you have to dodge. Um, this is a fight that is definitely one of addition where each phase, instead of completely changing the game, just adds on another thing that you need to dodge. So it starts with Captain Briny Beard up, Beard up on the top deck of the ship, and you're at on on the uh, the lower deck. So you have to shoot up at him uh, the entire fight. He starts by just shooting a gun at you, and that chest is there. So those are the only two things to dodge. You do a little bit of damage, and in uh, what's brought in is fish that he can call. Uh, to come and attack you. And there's three or four different fish attacks. There's this dogfish that comes in from the right side of the screen and uh, like squirms across the across the deck toward you. There is a shark that he can call that will uh, take come in from the left and take up like 75% of the area that you can walk in. There is a squid that comes in and does like the the gumball machine attack, but with ink balls that don't damage you. But if you get hit by them, they like blacken your screen, like darken your screen and make it harder to see and harder to dodge. I feel like there was one more. Is there one more? I think those are the only three. Gotcha. So once you do enough damage to him during that phase, then comes the hardest thing to dodge in the entire game. The ship starts shooting. So at this point, you have the pirate shooting the gun at you, fish attacks, and uh, the chest. And now, once you do a little bit more damage again to phase three, the ship starts shooting cannonballs at you, starts spitting out cannonballs that move pretty quick along the deck from uh, right to left. Um, this one, actually, I don't think had a audio uh, tell. It was just something you had to watch out for, get the timing for. Um, so now you have to dodge like four different things. Uh, finally, once you do enough damage, you go into the final phase. In this phase, the ship transforms and you're fighting the ship itself. Uh During this phase, all you have to dodge is the treasure chest, and every so often, which is actually pretty often, the ship will uh, 
open its mouth like super wide and you have to duck and you can't move. Uh, you have to duck this like massive laser beam that takes up the whole screen except for like the little area that you can duck into. Yeah, the ship like Kamehameha is at you. There's, yeah. there's also those orbs that it shoots out that like move in a circular pattern that are pretty oh, tricky. Right. Yeah, those are pretty tricky to dodge. It shoots three in a row. So I forgot about those. Those are what make the fight hard at, on, on the final phase for sure. But in J fashion, I found a cheese forum. For every single one of those orange orbs, you could go into the very left corner and duck, and they would all go over your head and never hit you. <laughs> yeah. I just dashed through them with smoke bomb. Uh, that I, makes sense. I like that this, uh, that final phase in particular made you have to think about where you need to be when he shoots the laser. Because depending on when the treasure chest drops, um, the laser lasts a long time. So mm -hmm. the treasure chest is just moving left and right at the top of the screen, and it'll drop every time you're underneath it. And you're basically locked in, and you can't move for the entire duration of the laser. So if you duck in the wrong spot, you're guaranteed to get hit by the treasure chest. So it makes you... I found every time it was gearing up to do the laser, I would go make the treasure chest drop and get on the other side of it. So I knew I was good. Yep, I agree. Like, you had to bait out the treasure chest so that while you were immobile, it wouldn't it wouldn't uh, drop on you. With And when that laser was going, there was nothing you could do. You had to just duck in, in place. And yep. like you said, it lasts a while. So, yep, I agree. Yeah, for me, I love the the treasure chest that was just moving back and forth the whole fight. Um, <laughs> it was funny. When it would go down on you, it would be all angry in its eyes as it slammed down. And then when it pulled back up to the top, there was like a cooldown where it wouldn't drop for, I don't know, five or six seconds. And its eyes, it would just be like whistling and just looking inconspicuous during that time. <laughs> Yeah, made me laugh. It was cool. Um, yeah, I, I like the aesthetic of this fight a lot. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, it's on theme. the The dogfish were tough, but I thought the the shark and the squid were pretty easy to deal with. The one wrinkle being in in that third part when he's shooting uh, cannonballs at you, you have to get up right close to where the cannonballs come out because the shark will take up the entire left hand side of the screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you guys think you want to rank this one? Yeah. Um, I think for me, this is looking at our other rankings. Based on those, this has to be an A. I've got this one in A tier as well. This is like the opposite of Honey Bottoms. Like everything thematically just makes sense. It's fun. I didn't think it was the hardest fight in the game, but 
it was fun to to fight this boss and he wasn't a pushover by any means but it was enjoyable Mm -hmm. yeah this was the first fight that i beat in this area i tried honey bottoms i gave up and then i came over here and fought him and it was just like compared to honey bottoms was just like a fun fight Next fight is. Oh, I want to hear what Jay's got. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I I agree. It's an A. It wasn't tough, but it was fun. Cool. All right, John. So, next fight is Werner Werman, which is the rat. The The like military rat. Yeah, Yeah, the like German Marine rat. First. The first uh, Nazi boss. I think it actually <laughs> has a Nazi sign on its arm, which is funny. Harkens back to the time period. Um, they. Uh, this is a, a German boss, John. So it's actually Werner Behrman. <laughs> oh, that's that's fair. But that's, that's very fair. <laughs> uh, I thought this was a pretty cool boss. I thought each phase was very distinct from each other. Um, first phase is it's uh, in a can and it it shoots either bombs at you or trash at you or Hello. little uh, yeah little um, like springboards that you can parry to jump over it as it rushes at you. So I thought it was a pretty fun first phase. Sometimes you would get into a situation where with the bombs that exploded, they sent out fireballs either direction. And with the way they both landed, there was no way to not get hit. Um, But other than that, I thought it was extremely fair and fun first phase. I literally zero times successfully jumped over the can with the with the springboards could not do it like i i I realize it's probably fair and it's probably very doable but for me i couldn't time it right like it was just very difficult and i wish i was able to do it so that i could appreciate the mechanic a little more but i never got over it did you guys have more success with that yeah my note is this is the fight where i got good at parrying I was pairing all that shit in phase one. Yeah, I, I used the springboard like twice, got over it, but then I just found it was so much easier to do your invincible dash through it that I didn't even bother using mm. those springboards. His, his second phase I, I was not a big fan of. So the second phase is he gets on a machine that is like a flamethrower machine that shoots out both directions and what he does is he changes elevations and you have two elevations to choose from and whichever one he's on you gotta be on a different one because he's shooting out fire but the what makes it tough is there's these bottle caps around the perimeter of the screen and some of them will start spinning, and depending on which ones are spinning, those ones will start to 
creep into the screen. So you have to look out for both the bottle caps on the edge of the screen and the guy with fire in the middle. And I had the hardest time dodging around those bottle caps that would poke out. You know how I, I beat this phase? You can duck under the bottle caps. Yeah, I just duck. I just was on the bottom and I just ducked. And you'll duck under his flames too. No, and you won't. You, you kidding me? You can duck everything? Yeah, you can duck everything. And it's just RNG, which ones poke out. So I had like a perfect run where just none on the bottom that would hit me poked out. That's hilarious. So that's how I beat this phase. I knew you could duck under either like the middle or top bottle cap. Like then the bottom one will hit you. So you have to go somewhere else for that one. I didn't know you could duck under the flame too. Just yeah. as long as the bottom bottle cap's not out, you just duck. <laughs> you just stay duck shooting him. <laughs> it was it was tough to dodge those bottle caps. This is when I used the, the tracker projectiles on. Because I didn't want to think about shooting them. I just had to dodge everything. Yeah. It was tough because when he was using his flames on the second level, if he jumped incorrectly, you would hit your head on him. Yeah. What do you think of the twist? So the end of this this phase ends with a twist where uh, a cat breaks through the wall and you've... In the first two phases, you see the cat looking through holes in the wall, so you know it's there. And it breaks through the walls and eats the rat, uh, Werner Fairman, uh, which is kind of funny. His quote when you die in phase two is, This tank is the ultimate weapon. You will not win. They're just... <laughs> Leading, leaning into the propaganda at the time. But anyway, the, the cat eats the the rat and you, you're you now fighting a cat that can create ghost rats that shoot projectiles at you and also tries to get you with its paw, which will come in one side of the screen or the other when it does the paw attack also things start falling from the sky yeah and I had a pretty easy time with this final phase I probably only had to play it a few times to beat it yeah same this phase was the only phase in the entire game that I used uh, the 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 super art 3 on I think I said earlier too but Oh, yeah. Because it was pretty easy to control both of them uh, on this phase because it was wide open. Uh, there really wasn't that much to dodge. And uh, you could keep it on the middle of the cat for a long, a long time pretty easily. I wish I would have thought of that to use it on this one. Yeah, it was the only one in the entire game where I, uh, I found it useful. So then the the big twist that when you beat the final phase is that the face of the cat opens up and it's actually Werner Vermin controlling a cat mech to attack you. I really liked that. When that opened up, I I was like, you know, that's cool. I, I, I like what they did there. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. It was a fun twist. 
So you guys want to get to ranking? Yeah, I mean, for the final thing, my final note on uh, on this boss, I think for me, I thought he was the easiest boss on Inkwell Isle 3. It felt like a, a, an Isle 2 boss on Isle 3. I disagree. Yeah, I disagree as well. I think really? Talk, I think we're going to talk about a boss that was easier than him in a little bit. Yep. I beat, I think I beat. I beat uh, Werner Vermin in like 15 minutes. I think there was a yeah. boss that I beat in lost time than that on yeah, IL3. There was a boss that I beat in like probably five minutes. Uh, the robot? No. No. <laughs> I've got uh, Werner in B tier. I had him in C tier just because I thought he was too easy for where he was. I thought he was he wasn't that bad, but I liked uh, a lot of the thematic stuff that we talked about. That's true. That's yeah. true. I can get behind that. I agree with Paul. I, I'd put him in B tier. All right, B locked it's in. It's official. But what's next? Next is Cala Maria, the mermaid boss. Is this the one that you guys said was super easy? No. Okay. Because I was like, I had trouble with this one. So this one, again, is <clears throat> is an airplane level. You're fighting a mermaid. Uh, she... All right, someone else. So, someone help yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> so the mermaid... <laughs> Kind of, I've said this a few times, but the first phase is there's a couple different attacks that she'll do. She shoots these fish at you. Or, very fresh in my mind. I can, I okay. can play it out. Take it. So there's there's different attacks she'll do, and it's random which two that she'll pick at the same time. That she's got the puffer fish that float up. She's got a fish that she'll grab and will shoot out an electric eel that chases you around. Or, yeah, I think eel. Yep. Uh, she has a, I think, a turtle or something that swims underneath and shoots up landmines at you that explode in a circular pattern. She has a seahorse that will go underneath and shoot water up that will make your your guy go up on the screen there is a pink fish that she'll grab and when she squeezes it it shoots out uh projectiles in a circular direction again and she has the ghosts that she lets out of her mouth and they three of them dive at your location so and then she mixes and matches those. So at any time you're dealing with two of them at a time and it's RNG on what you get. So this first phase was very bullet heli. I, and some of the RNG you would get would be like a cakewalk and others would be impossible. Um, but I did like how much ink things there were in this phase. I, could get so much cards really easily depending on the RNG you got. Hmm. And 
like I said, some of the combinations like really sucked, like the water pushing you up and the the ghosts, yeah, the ghosts or the ghosts and the puffer fish at the same time was really tough for me. Yeah, because there's no space to dodge. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that that was the first phase. It it was some RNG, but I didn't think it was overly unfair. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I thought it was it 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 was a difficult phase. There was a lot coming at you, but it was manageable. And I think the variation made it a fun phase too. You could get through it pretty quickly if you were parrying and building your special, like Jay was saying too. Yep. And then the the second phase, she gets zapped by electric eels and turns into Medusa head and. Now you have to deal with all these electric eels that come up from underwater and shoot projectiles at you, but you can kill them to make it less projectiles. This was a phase that I saved up those cards and I just tried to get through as fast as humanly possible. Because I couldn't... The other thing she did was she would shoot a green beam out from her eyes and you'd get paralyzed in place. Turn to stone. you get stoned. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that was undodgeable too. It took up the whole screen. Yeah, like, you're correct. This phase had a trade-off where if if you shot eels, there would be less projectiles, and so when you got turned to stone, you wouldn't like your odds of getting hit would be lower. But when you were shooting eels, you weren't doing damage to the boss, and the eels were constantly respawning. So it was like, do I cut down on, do I thin the herd of these eels a bit more to make it so I have a higher odds of not taking damage when I'm stoned? Or do I just focus on the boss and try to get out of this phase? So I tried to focus on the boss, but like when you have like 10 eels and they're all shooting, you know, 20 projectiles each, it's like taking up so much screen when you can't move, you're just getting hit. I found if you use the alternate fire, can sometimes do damage to both her and the eels at the same time. Mm. But if an eel pops up in front of her, it could block that and would only damage the eel. But that helped me a little bit. Gotcha. And then in her final phase, they, they turn it up a notch. Yeah, her head comes off and you're going through a small tunnel where she can still paralyze you and there's stuff in the background that you can hit and uh and isn't there also like little balls little skulls little going skulls, up and down yeah but so, she spams the the her green turn to stone attack it's annoying yeah and it's like there's nowhere to go anyway and you're stoned and you just always just be walking to those pillars without being able to move. Like that section was tough, tough. I I found saving a a big ultimate for that final section was very helpful. Same. I did the same. I don't know how I'd beat it if I didn't have a a, a big alt to start it. Yeah. 
Also, it seemed like a get-out-of-jail-free card if you were about to die. That all right? Because you can't. The stone. You don't take damage. If you were stoned, could you all? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't try. It'd be interesting. So, do you guys have anything more to say about this one, or should we go ahead and slap a ear on it? No, not much more to say. Just when I I, I didn't even realize she existed because she's like on the far like top side of the island. I hadn't walked that way, so I'm like fighting uh, the robot, and I'm like, I need a break. I need to go find an easier boss. So when I saw her, I'm like, oh, mermaid boss. Hopefully this is chill. And it was not chill. <laughs> um, I did. I do like how the different attacks all were on theme. There's oh, fish, Medusa. Yeah, yeah. I did have a question. So, uh, when you were stoned, you had to like move back and forth, left and right, to uh, break out of the stone. I thought you had to spam uh, parry. What? I didn't know what to do there. I just pressed all the buttons. <laughs> I think okay. you had to spam parry. I was gonna ask, like, was it hard for you guys to to break out? I felt like on PC it was it was like difficult, and I was wondering if it would be like easier to spam left and right with a joystick. If that's even how you get out. It was like a two-second st- stun for me, usually. Yeah, it was tough to get out of. I didn't know if I was doing something wrong. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I felt like it was pretty tough to get out. So do you- All right, so we should probably do grade. Yeah. Are you going to do that, Paul? I've got her in A tier. She's a pretty fun um, plane fight. A lot of the mechanics that make them fun that we kind of touched on with the other bosses. Uh, the Medusa angle was cool. I thought the stone mechanic was unique. It was the only boss I can think of where it like CC'd you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she was fun. She was memorable. I have her in B tier just because her stone mechanic was undodgeable. And I wasn't a big fan. And because it was undodgeable, it made the tunnel feel. It did suck in the tunnel. I will concede yeah, that. Made the tunnel feel very oppressive. So I dropped her to a B tier for that. Yeah, I agree with John. I, I thought it was the... Stun mechanic was just a little bit too too much, too long, uh, to be fair, especially at the very end. Uh, but I really like this boss, and it's one of the more memorable ones for me, the whole group. B it is. All right, let's talk about the master bullet hell plane boss. Yeah. The robot. I think for me, no. Oh, at this point, I was better at the game, though. It's so close between him and Grim, who was the most difficult boss in the game. He had so much shit. Like Grim's first two phases were easier than 
his two, first two phases, I thought, but Grimm's third phase was harder than any of his phases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? Like, he had two very difficult phases. But, like, uh, I, so the robot, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so his first phase, he's got three components that you have to destroy. He's got a laser beam antenna. He's got a hangar stomach that he launches these, like, planes out of. And he's got his heart that he launches these force fields out that split the screen in half. That are undodgeable. You have to parry them to break them. Correct. Um, So you break each part. And as you break each part, it turns into something new. So you break the antenna and it turns into a cannon that shoots these nuts and bolts at you that you have to dodge now in like a big circular pattern. And then you break his stomach and it shoots out these homing skull bombs that are really annoying. And you break his heart and out pops like an actual heart that you have to damage in phase two while you're attacking like all these new things, fending them off. And then in, in the, after you do that, his head pops off at like a jacks. It flies past you. And then it circles back in from the left, goes out of frame on the right, and it's just going back and forth. And it's very difficult to hit. And all the while, you have these homing skull bombs that are coming in from behind you to the left and in front of you to the right. And you're dealing with all that. You're trying to attack this this head that's flying by, and it's just nauseating. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I thought it was tough, but fair. I still think that phase two of the dragon was bullshit. (laughs) Um, That's got to be the hardest for me. And I think I just, by this point, I had gotten so much better at the airplane part of the game that it wasn't as tall of a mountain to climb. Um, I had already done the mermaid by this point and uh, what i found is if you use your lob shot you could damage both the heart and the hanger at the same time Mm -hmm. um so you could and my strategy was i'd bring all three of them up to almost destroyed and then hit them all at once and knock them all out at the same time and you could skip a part of that fight yeah Um, so that was my strategy to get through the first phase. It took a while to develop that strategy, though, but the, I thought it was fun all the time. And I, one of the coolest design bosses, I thought, in the game. Yeah, and, I agree. Yeah, for sure. The, the second phase is easy. There's not a lot of strategy there. And then third phase, you know, I did the my same strategy that I did with the, with the bird is you just got to stay at the very back of the screen and barely move up and down. The oh, rip, for the bullet the wrinkle, phase. Yeah, the wrinkle that it threw in there was the walls that would come up, and that's what made it infinitely more challenging than the bird thing is because you'd have to go across up and down. But for the most part, just 
focusing on the what's right in front of your guy, you could could dodge it. I when I first did this one, I started to like press my uh, axe and get small to dodge them, but then the fight was just taking too long. Right, because you're not doing damage while you're dodging. So I did I, the same thing. So then I just got good and didn't get hit. <laughs> nice. Yeah, this was another one where basically I have had so much trouble on phase three. I like got so good at phase one and two, I'd go into phase three full lives. You know, it's like you play phase one and two so much. I had like I got this in-depth strategy written out it's like a 13 part strategy of exactly what i did every single time on phase one to beat it without taking damage got top strike laser bottom kill planes mid parry top strike laser mid parry bottom planes top laser mid parry bot kill planes mid kill planes or kill parry mid bomb unit like every time like that was my sequence and uh, i was able to beat it but it's like in order to develop that i I, I played uh, the first the first phase like a hundred times, you know, and then by the time I wrote it down, I like had it memorized because I did it fifty times in a row. Yeah, I had a set of like I did the same thing every two every time for the first phase as well. Because yeah, it's like because that phase is ridiculous. Like especially if you kill something too early, and now you have some some else to dodge, especially the middle. If you killed the, the first phase of the heart in the center too early, and now uh, we didn't touch on it yet, but coming out of the left side, you have the arm or the magnet coming out. Like those things were so disruptive compared to everything else. Just because, like, the arm took up the entirety of the center of the screen and then shot out little, little uh, laser balls or energy balls at you. And then the magnet just made it so you couldn't dodge anything because you're getting pulled into it. And it pulled the bombs, too. So if yeah. you had, like, the bottom and the middle done <laughs> together, it just it's a magnet that's pulling you you and the bomb together. I usually had, a, like, an alt. Alt is heart, so I, I killed them pretty quickly by that point. So I didn't get his arms coming through or the magnet very often in that phase. Yeah, so exactly. Like, I developed my strategy to make sure that I always killed the, the center the heart last because it was the most annoying like additional thing to deal with i i also liked in his like final phase when it's the bullet hell that dr call is just laughing hysterically the whole time <laughs> that was a nice touch yeah really sold the mad scientist i, I, I like the design of the robot it gave me Iron Giant vibes. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. This one was... It's This one's just a good fight. Very difficult, but it's just a good fight. Every time I died on this one, I got I wasn't mad at the fight. I was mad at myself. Uh, just annoyed that I mechanically did something wrong or had a mental lapse. I think I touched on it earlier, but... The first, I in my notes here, I have get to the bottom, idiot. Because, like, the first five times I got to phase three, a wall, a big wall that <laughs> takes up about three quarters of the of the screen comes in from the top. And the first five times I made it to phase three, I got hit by that wall and just didn't get to even learn anything about phase three. 
because I instantly took damage. And by the like fourth time I did it, I'm like, why can't you remember that happens? What are you doing? Yep. Yeah, so for me, this is an easy S tier. I agree. Agreed. So I think that's the easy S that we all agreed on. Yeah, I think strongest in the game. I yeah, same. And then moving forward, we have Sally stage play. This is this the one you guys beat in five minutes? Yep. Yep. This is the same fight as Goopy, with a little bit extra. Yeah, this is yep. a very easy one. It's so easy that it seemed out of place. This should have been a fight aisle one <laughs> what gun did you guys use for it uh, I think I used the lobber and the spread yeah I used the spread I also used lobber and spread you just kill her so fast too yeah this yeah. is another one that uh, does have a hidden phase though I forget what the second one was. I think it's the genie. The genie has a second phase. I don't remember exactly how you you unlock it. Um, but this one, if you don't do any damage in the first phase, when she goes into the back to like meet the dude, he's not there or something and cries and a different and like there's an additional uh additional enemy in the third phase the third phase that's where she's like shooting lightning and the weather yeah. stuff right that that was so easy it literally has a sign on the screen that tells you it what's tells coming. you what's coming yeah yeah and it's not not none of it was hard to dodge yeah like yeah it, i agree with you guys it felt like like, we can run through this one, but it felt like a misplaced fight for sure. Uh, so the first the first phase is just her. She has, like, four attacks. None of them are hard to, hard to dodge. Uh, the second one is the exact same. She's exactly the same, but now she's in front of a house, and there's, like, babies that throw bottles out of the house at you. Uh, but they just go straight down, and they're very slow, so nothing's yeah. hard to dodge. She has one additional attack where... She has an umbrella and mouse toys come out of it and they're very easy to dodge. And there's mice coming down the screen as well and they're easy to dodge. Anyway, then she's on a set uh, in the wiki. It said it's her heaven set. She's uh, elevated uh, by ropes or, or cables. And she has three attacks here. She has a wave. She has a meteor. And she has lightning. Uh, like we just said on the top left, it tells you what's coming. None of these are hard to dodge either. And then on the final stage, she's in the center, raised up. This is like her messed up set. Everything's uh, disheveled. She's uh, hoisted by cables in the center of the stage. And there's an umbrella that uh, chases you around. So you just have to dash over it. Yep. Very strange that this fight's here. Um, in stage one, maybe this would have been a really good fight, but where it is, it's just, it's weird. 
Yeah, I have a note that says a welcome break compared to the other bosses of Inkwell Isle 3. D. Yeah, that is true. It's, it gave me a breather and made me feel really confident. <laughs> S. I'm good at this game. <laughs> Beat that in two minutes. Just gotta finish the rest of it. But, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's a lot to get into on strategy or how to think it. I do think it's it was it's kind of cool going into it I thought it would be really awesome because it's a stage play turned into a boss fight right so that seemed just the the theme of it and what it was trying to do was really cool I thought I thought having different acts of the play that you have to do different fights in it's just it was so easy that it becomes forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it was well designed. It's not like, and like I said, if it was in Inkwell Isle one, it would, might've been the best fight on Isle one. Yeah. I agree with that. But on Isle three, it's a D. So John says D. What do you have it as Paul? I have it as a D tier as well. D, D is dog. D yeah. seems fitting. So locked in. And so this next fight that we're going to talk about is the one that I got the achievement for beating a boss without getting hit. Is, really? On Phantom Express? Yep. Wow. This... Uh, so I, I can take this one. This one... To me, it was also easier than the rest of them on Inkwell Isle. I agree. Yeah. Three. Um, it was tough at the beginning, but once you learned what they were going to do, it was really easy to avoid attacks. Everything was telegraphed. As long as you killed the the things that dropped bricks, then it it really wasn't an issue. That's funny. I have them called out as bars of soap. They're oh, my... <laughs> I just parried them, though. You, um, you, you parried them as they were dropping them? Yeah. Oh. I didn't do that because it would bounce me up into something and I'd take damage. So I'd just kill them before it got to me. But, yeah, I did the same. Yeah. Well, I sh- we should preface it as you're on a, a train cart following this haunted train the first phase is there's a ghost with eyeballs in its hands and it's throwing bouncing eyeballs at you which you can shoot uh to destroy or dodge on your line cart you can parry either side which will move you to the middle of the screen or the right of the screen and based on that you have to avoid the bouncing eyeballs and then in phase two there was the skeleton that would come out you moved on to a further section of the train which had three carts it was random on which of the three carts had the skeleton head the other two would be its arms and they would smack down so you just had to make sure you weren't where the arms were 
And then in phase three, there was the two, I don't know what they were. They called them lollipop ghouls. Oh. I yeah, never would have guessed they were lollipops. I was say like pancakes <laughs> or something. But yeah, they, they look like lollipops, I guess. They come out and they have a really telegraphed big attack. And other than that, there's these ghosts flying at you that when you kill them, they drop something where if it hits the edge of your mine mine cart, it'll move. So that was a little added wrinkle that I thought was kind of cool. You had to be careful where you killed the ghost. And then the final phase, uh, you got to the front of the train cart and there was a, a thing you had to parry, which exposed its part that you could actually damage. And for this one, I just used my invincibility alt and bursted it down. So I don't actually know what projectiles are coming at you. So there was a ring of bones that fell from the sky and it, uh, when it, when it hit like level, when it hit the ground, it would move, uh, horizontally. So it would fall and then move horizontally. Um, and then the, like the thing you're shooting is like the charcoal or like the, the, the burner, right? Where, uh, out of that, uh, like the furnace, yeah. Out of the furnace, like black coal, fiery coal would shoot out. So those were the two projectiles, projectiles that I remember. But really, the third phase was pretty short. Uh, I think I parried. I was using for basically the whole fight. I was using uh, the lock on one. What was the name of that one? Racer. Chaser. Yeah. The chaser. Um I was using it and it only took I only needed to parry uh to open up the furnace twice. So really like that section only took like twenty seconds, which for the chaser, like it does so little damage. I thought it was pretty quick. I I too used the chaser for this entire fight. I think I used the spread. I used yeah. the spread for two and three and chaser for one and four. Damn. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I thought it was well designed. I thought it was difficult, but fair. And I just think it wasn't as difficult as others in this final final aisle. Yeah, and for like the final boss before you're allowed to go into area four, Inkwell Hell, because it's like the train tracks are uh, blocking your path to get there. So, like, it's it's has it's it's the final boss, and it has to be the final boss of the area. And it wasn't the hardest, which I feel like for Inkwell Isle one and two, the hardest boss was the final boss. Yeah, I agree. Not saying I didn't enjoy it. I thought the theme of it. And the fight itself was uh, was fun. But yeah, the platforming with this one was interesting too. How the environment could move your cart when you didn't want it to. Right. Honestly, I'm I'm thankful it wasn't the hardest boss because you you imagine you just beat the robot and you're like, all right, let's go to hell. And then there's this one final thing 
in your way and it's harder than the robot. <laughs> that would have been terrible. Would have yeah. been eating. Yeah. Well, do you guys just want to get to ranking this? Yeah, I don't yeah. really have anything to add. Uh, I've got it in C tier. I'd say like a high. I'd say th- if we have a B minus tier, this would be a B minus for me. I agree. The, I'd put it at B minus, and mainly just because I like the premise and the theme of a ghost train. If anything is a ghost train, it gets bonus points in my book. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was a fun fight. In general, all right, yep. time to go to hell. Going to hell. So, in hell, there's only two, two, uh, two fights there is King Dice's Casino, and after you beat King Dice's Casino, the final fight, the devil. So, let's start and focus on the casino and King Dice. So in order to, or once you enter the casino, there is a table, kind of like a craps table, where it's a path, uh, like a board game path, where each number has a different boss that you can fight, or you roll a dice, or a die, and each number that you roll has a different outcome. So you start on the very beginning one is a is a different boss two is a different boss three is a different boss and four is a safe zone typically so every four tiles there's three boss fights to choose from or that you can have to fight and a safe zone so you want to hit basically all the safe zones so that you can get to the end which is at like uh at like 10 without having to lose too many lives and also, on some of the boss fights, and this comes down to random RNG, uh, you can gain a health by landing on that fight. So really, for me, this was about figuring out which boss fights I could do uh, without losing too much health so I could get to the King Dice fight at the end with as much health as possible. So to go through those fights, if you roll a 1, you fought the Tipsy Troop, which were uh, a shot, a beer, and like a martini that each did a different attack. Uh, boss two on the two spot was Chips Bedigan, uh, who was just poker chips, and he would split into different levels of chips, and you just have to jump in between the chips uh, as they're moving toward you three was mr wheezy he was a cigarette that uh he would send out a yeah he'd send out an attack that like kind of swirled toward you and then you had to jump from side to side there are two ashtrays that he'd appear in i didn't fight pippin dot on number four very much do either you know uh (laughs) what they did yeah i this was my go-to for the second group. Uh, essentially, there was a domino that was on a swing that would lower down. The floor was constantly moving to the left, and behind you there were spikes, and on the ground there would be spikes, so you'd have to jump over the spikes while continually moving right. 
at the same time, it would shoot out projectiles. Some of them you could parry. It would make a smaller uh, domino fly out and fly around the perimeter of the screen. You'd have to jump over. And that's about it. So as long as you could keep moving right and dodge everything, uh, you can get through it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Number five was Hoppus Pocus who was a rabbit that I landed on one time, lost all of my lives, and decided I'm never going on that one again. Yeah, fuck Just, that guy. But, <laughs> well, I I would accidentally land on him a lot, and I got to a point where I could do it without losing life. Um, if you had the invisible dash, uh, it didn't matter where the opening was on the circle when it constricts into you because you could just dash to the other side of it every time. And then all yeah, you have yeah. to do is parry the uh, spade, the pink spade when it went up and down. Sometimes I couldn't get to it in time. It would spawn too far away from where I was. I would get nervous that I would hit five because if I hit five, I... But I only hit it once because, uh, well, we'll get into it, but I figured out you can basically choose what what die number you get every time. But, uh, yeah, I only hit it once. I didn't even come close to beating it and uh, decided I'm never doing that one again. (laughs) Uh, Number six was Fear Lap, which was the horse betting uh, boss. He was Kind of like on a flying saucer almost uh, in the top right of the uh, screen. And uh, he would shoot out boxes at you that would uh, release projectiles in a circle. Uh, meanwhile, there was a horse race going on at the bottom of the screen. And one of the types of racers, once they got underneath you, would shoot up uh, and try to damage you that way. So that was the one. That was my go-to in in group two uh i tried to always do fear lap because i thought he was pretty easy uh number seven is pirouette again i'm not sure what pirouette did it was pirouette i thought was very easy um i don't know paul do you want to talk about this one uh it was very similar to Sally's stage play is first base. She just walked at you and jumped at you. and you just Yeah. Dashed. You could really just like, sit on the ground and shoot at her and dash through her. It was really easy to not take damage. Gotcha. Number eight was Mangosteen, which I don't know why that's the name of the eight ball. <laughs> but <laughs> that's all right. Um, who... This one, again, for the third group, this was my go-to because with the uh, triple shot, I think it was literally like... So uh, there were boxes that moved from left to right across the screen, but they didn't really... I don't know what they're called, John. They're like the... Oh, the chalk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the Q chalk? Or no, yeah, whatever. The chalk for like pool. Um... And they they would just move across the screen. They didn't they didn't target you, so they were pretty easy to dodge. You could basically ignore them, um, unless they're going to land on you. And then he would shoot a laser that did target you, uh, like every few seconds. I found that if you got underneath them with the triple shot, 
he could shoot three lasers and he was dead. Like it was a 10 second fight. Yeah, that was my go-to as well, but I would, I knew and I tried to time it with the dice, but sometimes I would land on something I didn't want to. Pure roulette or mango steam were easy. It's the, the other one that you're about to talk about that I just, I think is impossible. Yeah, number nine is Mr. Chimes. It's like one of those monkey toys with the symbols. And honestly, I never landed on this one a single time. This so, one sucked. This <laughs> one's awful. So, and if if I landed on this one, it was a run ender. Like, just restart. Cause really? There's all these cards on, on the back screen. And at the battle starts, they're all flipped face side up. And then they all flip over and you have to fly and parry to get matches. And only when you get a match, you can actually damage the monkey with the chimes. (laughs) And meanwhile, the monkey with the chimes is going all over the screen and you can't turn around when you're an airplane. So you can only damage it half the time. It's an airplane fight. Yeah. And wow. so then you only had a certain amount of time to damage it. And then the cards flip back over and you'd have to remember all the way back to the beginning of the fight, what the other matches were before you could even damage him again. I thought that Mr. Chimes was just bullshit. The damage you dealt didn't even matter because once you got, well, it did, but like getting the cards fast, like if you did more damage, it was fixed, right? I don't you do yeah. damage, and then he'd go invulnerable again. And then you had to match more cards to be able to damage him again. You do enough damage, you got to match more cards until all of the cards are matched. It sucks. <laughs> I, uh, you guys keep talking about your go-tos, but when I was doing this, I would just go to whatever one would give me extra health. You see, I kind of cheesed this. Uh, my go-tos were 2, 6, and 8. And I would restart my game until 2, 6, and 8 had health on them. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. So I'd only run it 1 out of 27 tries. Hopus Pocus I didn't like, but I could usually beat him with only losing 1 health. So if he had the health on him, it was it was net for net. No health lost, no health gained. And then uh, Chime sucked, but he just took time. Like, he took so long to finish his fight. Mm-hmm. And then the run where I ended up uh, beating King Dice, I screwed up and I had to fight four of these minions because I messed up with the dice. <laughs> and I had to fight Chimes. Like, I needed a, a three to get to King Dice and I got a I was on eight and I got a one and I had to fight chimes. That did either of you ever hit the uh go back to the beginning? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I went through it twice, landed on chimes and it ended my run. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't reset the tiles you've already played on if you uh have to start from the beginning so you can land on ones that you fought on your first run and you don't have to fight a, another boss yeah, they, they count as a safe 
Nice. Yeah, I I only landed on uh, on go back to the beginning once, but it was my best run where I had seven lives to go into King Dice, and then I messed up coming back, and I ended up going into King Dice with only like three lives. I'm like, I was so pissed. I was knowing I was not in any mental state to even beat him on that attempt because I was so mad that I didn't have the seven lives I was about to go in with. Yeah. So the King Dice fight, it's a one stage fight because all of these fights are basically his earlier phases. Um, and if you lose on the King Dice phase, you have to go back and uh, restart the full run from the beginning. None of your wins against any of the bosses count. So King Dice fight, like I said, one phase, uh, he calls in cards. Four of these cards are pink, and you have you can you can parry across them uh, to get to the safe zone on the other side. Parrying across those cards was so difficult. I think well, I successfully did it one time. The order of them was random too, so it was possible to get like three or four black cards in a row, and you couldn't and reach it with dash. a dash. And yeah. but you couldn't reach it, so it was, you just you just took a hit. It was impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that King Dice fight uh, was very hard. I finally realized that I can, if I can, based on the, the, the bar after the fight, when I lost, I was like, if I bring at least six lives into the King Dice fight and I continuously triple shot them and i don't care about the cards i take one damage every time the cards come by before i take the sixth hit he'll be dead and then before i ever did that i realized you can get behind his hand and just uh, and avoid the cards thing altogether and just beat it with like one like only lost one life that the time i beat it that's what i did i never did the parry check i just ran to side and beat it with the tracker just running back and forth while shooting it. <laughs> it was the easiest of them all. Yeah, like his fight nope, once you realize you can just not deal with the cards is the easiest fight. I never realized that I did it the hard way by having six lives and he hit me three times. Yeah. <laughs> and I used invincibility. Yeah. Yep, that was a tough one. So once you beat King Dice, oh, I guess we should probably uh, give a grade to the casino and King Dice, that whole fight. I thought it was very creative, interesting. Uh, Honestly, it might have infuriated me, but the fact that the the dice always spin at the same speed and you could basically choose what you what you're fighting. I don't know if it's a positive or a negative. Like, it might have been more, like, rewarding at the end if I actually was forced to beat a run where... If I was forced to get good at every boss, you know? Or semi-boss. I liked that this switched up the formula, you know? Having a bunch of single-phase bosses, it really felt like... These were all the ideas that they couldn't make into a full boss, and they put here. Yeah, 
Um, which and it was really cool that there's all of these and you didn't have to necessarily interact with 60% of them, you know? Yeah. And so I really liked the variety. Each of these bosses was distinct. Uh, they're all seemed like you could figure them out except for Mr. Chimes. <laughs> uh, I guess just the end part, it seemed kind of like a bummer that your two options was cheese the Miss King Dice and go behind his hand or you know, do an impossible parry check. Right. thoughts yeah I, I agree I wish they wouldn't have made the card order random I wish that it would have been always because most of the times it was possible to parry across but there were just a few times where it wasn't and usually I had enough health to where if I only got hit one time it wouldn't have mattered if I got good but yeah that uh, I struggled parrying across even when it was possible so I, I think overall I, I'd give them A tier. I agree. I think because of how fun it is and like the change up with uh, the style and how our, how the fight is organized. And I think like you just get into the casino and you see that board and you're like, what is this? This is cool. What what are we about to do here? You know, I I think uh, I, I liked that. I liked what they did with that for sure. Yep, that's where I was leaning to. A, it is. And finally, the final fight of the game against the devil. So before we get into the fight, uh, when he asked for the soul contracts, did you guys say yes or no? I said yes. What happens when you say yes? The credits roll. You join his team as one of his minions. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't think that was going to happen, but I said yes. And I think you get an achievement, too. But I, I did it because I thought, well, didn't I gather all of these contracts to give to him? <laughs> why would I not hand them over? That's funny. <laughs> like, why didn't I just go to the casino and, instead of fighting all of these hard bosses if I was just going to fight them? I had a little different of an experience. I said no the first time. Played it for an hour, couldn't figure out how to beat it, put it down for the night, was texting Paul, and Paul's like, oh, the charge shot helps a lot in phase one. And I didn't have enough money for that, so I left, I went and got enough money, bought the charge shot, I came back, and I was just mashing through the dialogue at the beginning, because uh, I forgot it asked <laughs> you yes or no. Yeah. And so I accidentally clicked yes, and then there was a cutscene, credits rolled, uh, I was like, Oh, oops. But then I just re reloaded and played it the other way. That's funny. Yeah, I I was like, un I, I, I didn't know, but I was thinking that it was going to be one of those situations where what whatever you answered didn't matter. But I'm glad it's not. I'm glad there is actually an alternative end ending if uh, you decide to join his team or accidentally do. Yeah, <laughs> mash through the cutscene for the second time. But, yeah, I think for being the 
climax of the game and you know the final boss i was a little bit underwhelmed yeah so yeah let's get into the devil fight uh first phase he is in the center of the room sitting on like a throne i think and he's uh he has about five different attacks um and these imps that run in from either direction uh throughout the entire fight pretty frequently um and they just run back and forth uh they don't they're not targeting you they just run across but he's got five different attacks uh one is these little flames that move in a circle and like chase you around with the center flame being parryable so that you have a little bit more space to move uh another is these four balls that bounce around the uh bounce around the full the entire screen again one of those is parryable so that only three will be bouncing around uh he has like another one of the like flames but six of them in a circle this time and they one by one shoot toward you uh and so you have to dodge them and have them go past you he has uh this one where he sticks stretches his arms out and kind of just like claps in the middle so you have to jump as high as you can uh and be in the air for the entire time his arms are on the screen um which can be tough especially starting out he has one where he kind of sticks his neck out really long and goes across basically the whole screen so you have to get to the far side. Um kind of looks like a dragon, I guess, when he's doing that. Um but that one's really not hard to beat. And then finally he has one where he removes his head and drops it from the ceiling uh between three and five times. So this phase I thought was uh difficult to get through initially, but once you figure each of the attacks out, because it's it's one attack at a time, uh, and there's really not too much going on other than the single attack, like, once you get good at it, it's a phase that you can get through without taking much damage at all. Yeah, I agree. And Paul's message really helped me out. He said you could get through phase one with 10 charge shots so i just count them off and like you said once you know the patterns it's nothing's really too difficult what gun do you use john i use a triple shot and i just stood in the middle jumping how it must i was using that at first and it was taking forever to get through his first phase and then i switched to the charge gun and it took less than half the time Really? How many uh, attacks did you usually have to face? Uh, Like six. I was was facing exactly the same, like five or six with the triple shot. Maybe only three. It was considerably shorter. But uh, I thought, like, he's got six different attacks that he can do. Three projectile, three non-projectile. And uh, it's just... uh, And they're all pretty fast coming at you and it's hard to realize which one he's using and then react appropriately because you get good at reacting to each individual attack but he does them in a weird order and you you panic and you get hit because you didn't do the right thing because you're trying to keep it all straight 
Yeah. The timing to dodge the goat arm attack is tight. Like, you get a jump at the right time. And I kept jumping too early. Same. And I just say, I just know when I jump too early, I'd be like, fucking early. I'd pause it before I got hit by it and I'd retry. Because <laughs> I just knew. You could, you could dash, though, to extend your time a little bit, though. Oh, yeah. I was dashing every time. I jumped yeah. dash. Yep. Like at the top of your jump. His first phase is my favorite part of the fight. Um. Yeah, I agree with that. Me too. Although, like I said, it's it's always one attack at a time, which is strange to me because we fought like five or six bosses that overlap their attacks and like make it really hard. But he has six different attacks and he's only using one at a time and. Like, you once you spend an hour fighting them and playing that phase over and over again, like I was consistently getting through that phase without taking damage. There was a lot of times where he'd have a projectile attack, and then you'd use a goat arms attack, and you'd have to dodge the projectiles that were still in the air while jumping over his arms. Yeah. Like I probably played him for uh, played against him for like total like two hours, and I think that happened twice, at least for me. I think I probably played him for three hours. He took me a little longer. Yeah. So once you beat that first phase, a hole in the center of the map opens up and fire starts coming in from the two sides of the uh, of the screen. So you jump down the hole and chase the devil. Oh, sorry. He steps out of like his devil suit and he's just a skeleton now. Jumps down the hole. And you chase him down the hole and... Uh, now you're in the depths of hell. It's a dark screen. Uh, there's five platforms for you to sit on, and the devil's head is basically taking up the entire screen uh, in the background. Uh, you have to shoot him in basically the eyes to do damage, and in this uh, phase, he has three attacks. The first being there's like a flaming saucer rock that falls on each of the uh it's a poker chip oh okay yeah i didn't look at it close i thought it was just like some arbitrary saucer but yeah there's a flaming poker chip that falls on um falls to like the pedestals that you can stand on there is a axe that he uh shoots at you which will do like the do like an attack where it starts with a small circle and then uh the circle becomes larger uh so you have to it it can hit you on multiple uh pedestals and then finally he has a bomb which uh he sends out of his ear which blows up and makes an explosion on about half the map um but it's parryable and you can also just go to the other side of the map uh, to to dodge that attack. So, what was your guys' thoughts on phase two of the devil fight? That was pretty easy, but just because the hitbox on the devil was ginormous, mm-hmm. so I, I used the triple shot, could get through it really quick. Yeah, if I'm there with you, I think phase two was super easy. He only has three attacks, and once you figure out how to dodge them, they're all very easily, consistently dodged. 
And then for phase three, uh, we stay in the same location. Stay in the same location for the rest of the fight. Phase three, uh, two demons, I guess. One on each side of the map come in. Uh, and at this point, the devil's like tearing up a little bit because he can see that his defeat is uh, coming. Um, these demons on the edges, they spit out skulls that travel across the screen uh, horizontally. And above, there's like little flying imps that uh, spin and fly toward you and try to try to kill you as well. Uh, I thought this phase, again, it was more difficult because uh, the imps replace like two of the pedestals. So you only have the three pedestals to jump on. Um, again, the flying, the, the falling poker chips are still coming down at you. But I thought it was a little more difficult just because there was more to dodge. There was uh, the imps, which you had to make sure you shot before they got to you or else um, they're going to do damage. The poker chips making you move to different uh, pedestals if it's above you. And then the skulls, uh, if you had a poker chip and a skull coming down, uh, a poker chip coming down, a skull coming toward you at the same time it actually made it pretty difficult to to be able to dodge everything especially like i said you only had three pedestals so there wasn't much area to dodge to so yeah. i thought this was a a better section than for the second phase this is a phase i saved my ultimate for and used it and then just had to shoot it for a couple more seconds and i was done with this phase yeah, I did the same thing because it was it was difficult for sure. Yep. Um the first time I got to this phase, I beat the boss. Oh really? Yeah. So it was really just figuring out phase one and two and then that was that was it for me. Nice. Yeah, I wish. I died on the final phase, which you look at the, the the bar after the thing. The final phase is like two seconds long. He has no health in the final phase. Yeah. I died on the final phase four times before I beat him. I was so I was getting so frustrated. The final phase, there's only one or so all of the other enemies leave. It's just you and the devil. The devil's in taking up the whole screen as he has been. Um, but now he's crying because uh, he's basically done. Uh, there's only one pedestal for you to stand on. The poker chips are still falling, so you have to jump and then dash back onto your pedestal. You're right, though. In the final phase, I just forgot dashing was a thing. Yeah, dude. Because then you could just dash back onto the platform. It was no big deal. But I never did that. I just was like, I gotta parry these tears. It's the only way. I was just jumping around the chip and, like, avoiding the tears. Like, only way... I was it makes trying. no sense. Yeah, I was trying to jump around them, but I kept fucking it up, and I'd either fall off or I'd still get hit. Well, the thing was, the jump was extremely tight just to do that, like, jump around it. Yeah, and I'm, like, shaking at this point because I'm sensing victory in the anticipation and the anxiety of that. Mm -hmm. so, so I just keep messing up, and then I'm like, oh, I gotta fight that first phase again. So, yeah, I probably died probably five or six times to his final phase before I was able to get the timing down on parrying the tears. 
And I think yeah, I, popped, I popped invincibility too, and I just was able to get hit by a plate, and then he was dead. Yep. Because it's super short. Like, I think if you're using the spread or any gun that does average damage or more, he dies really fast. Like, it's just two, two poker chips fall, and he's dead. Yep, exactly. Do you guys already start? Yeah, we no, in on that kind of. Oh, then yes. I think that's a good. So another one of those phases where like it, it could have been hard if it was longer. What yeah. Do you, what do you think of the final phase of the fight, Jay? Um. Yeah. Like I maybe said before. Um. As soon as I got to the third phase of the fight, I beat the fight, so I only did the final phase and the third phase once. But the final phase was uh, was pretty short. Uh, I just dodged two poker chips and and beat the final boss. So I was happy about that. But it was, you know, kind of uh, disappointing that the final boss was already over. I think I spent four hours on the final boss. Four hours on the double. On double? Yeah, I was just like, I was playing like shit because I was just so excited to beat this game. Because I really binged it in about three days. Yeah, I know. You were, you were crazy. You beat it so fast. I think I started playing it on Tuesday. And I only played like the first island the first couple days. And then I beat... Two and three in the casino. Um, there's between Thursday, Friday, and Saturday morning. Yeah, whereas I'm like taking the full two weeks beating it. One boss a day. But yeah, exactly. I beat the first world on the first day, and then it's like, all right, let's slow down. Let's take our time. Let's not burn out. Went one boss a day. Uh, until I beat it the day of <laughs> of the recording, you know? Yeah. So, um, the devil was probably, he was really fun to fight, I thought. I really liked his first phase, the variety that he offered. He had to learn how to react to six different attacks and the timing on the, the jump to avoid the goat attack was tight it felt good when you successfully did it um and then the fight kind of fell off but just the rush from beating the devil it was probably the most satisfying most fun fight in the game i thought carried on it by its first phase so for me i i put the devil in s tier yeah, um, I think the devil was a fun fight. Um, like you said, the first phase was good. Um, I did think there were funner phases that were more bullet hellish uh, earlier in the game where there were multiple attacks coming through at one time. Where I know the devil did it once in a while, but it wasn't like uh, a guaranteed thing, which I felt after playing through the first phase you know 50 times uh it became kind of easy um and then 
it was just a matter of beating the rest of it. And I think uh, because of that, the devil, well, the devil obviously wasn't the most difficult boss in the game. And I think it loses some points for me for being the final boss of a very challenging game and not being the most difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Is that a sin in a game like a boss fight focused game to not have the final boss be the hardest boss? I don't know if it's a sin for it. I mean, I don't, I haven't played that many hard games, if I'm being completely honest. So I don't know if there's general rules, but it, as someone who hasn't played many hard games, it feels like the hardest should be the final. Cause yeah. I mean, after beating the robot, the sense of relief and the amount of like pumpedness yeah. was like more than beating the devil and being the devil meant beating the whole game. So for that, it loses some points. Like it was a good boss, but it wasn't like, whoa, that was the final boss, you know? But yeah. I'd still put it in my A tier. Yeah, I thought it was a fun boss. wasn't that hard. And I do think that the final boss should be the hardest. Um, otherwise, you you finish it and you go kind of like, huh. I was expecting something yeah. way worse. Right. So for me, it loses some points. I put it in A tier because it was fun. Uh, it. I think it did flex all the strengths of the game where you have had to use a lot of the mechanics and took a lot of precision. So I put it A tier. Was it the only boss fight that had two separate stages? Any other fights do that? Well, other if you're than... talking about stage play. Yeah, Sally <laughs> moved. The whole battle was on different stage sets <laughs> yeah and i guess in some of the, the plane fights you're moving through different areas too so well, it was good charming so that concludes uh our discussion of each boss um and concludes the creation of our tier list so i think we can go through and do a quick uh overview of where everyone ended up. Our Let's S tier. Yeah. Our S tier uh, consists of Grim Matchstick, Rumor Honeybottoms, and Dr. Call's Robot. Our A tier is Beppy the Clown, Waldy Warbles, Captain Briny Beard, King Dice, and the Devil. Sitting in C tier. Did I do B? I didn't do B tier. B tier. B tier. It's Heltheberg, Jimmy the Great, Werner Vermin, Calamaria. That's it. Yeah. And C tier is Ernest von Bonbon. Huh? We have a B minus tier. Oh, <laughs> struggle. We do have a B minus tier, which makes no sense, but. Well, you know what? It's here, and there's multiple things in it, so we're keeping it. And it's the most official tier list of Cuphead bosses on the internet. That makes sense, yeah. So if you got rid of B minus tier, then you can't you can't get rid of B minus tier because you'd be messing with the most official tier list. That wouldn't work out. So B minus tier, <clears throat> important tier. It's Ribbian Croaks, and. Phantom Express. In C tier, we have Baroness Von Bonbon all by herself. 
in D tier, there's the Root Pack, Cagney Carnation, and Sally Stage Play. And finally at the bottom is Goopy Legrand, the purple goop ball with no direction. Yeah. Well, that's okay. So with that, I guess uh, we should get into uh, overall game score. Oh, but before we do that, I'm curious, what were your guys' overall death counts uh, at the end of the game? My death count was 842 per the pool at the end of the game. Mine was 866. 753. Although, yeah, I listed up and retries don't count toward the death count. And I, yeah, my death count's probably double that number because anytime I was gonna say, yeah, anytime I'd get sorry, go ahead. Anytime I'd get hit in early fights, I just immediately retry. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I'm pretty sure my death count is probably five times this 750 number 753 number because i retried way more than i actually lost all my lives like not even close to the number of times that i lost all my or not even close was the number of times i I actually lost my last life compared to hitting the retry button because i was hitting the retry button as soon as i lost my first life Every time I probably lost more than 753 lives or retried more than 753 times on the dragon alone. <laughs> I bet you could beat the game then without ever dying. If you just retried every time you got to one life, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I'm sure you could. It's funny. I like when uh, games do that, when they tell you how many times you died, Celeste does that. Um, but there's, like you'd never retry in Celeste because the respawn is just instantly. So it's a true death count. And it was pretty cool to see at the end of each level. Yeah, it would have been nice if it counted retries to know the true number of times that you, you attempted. Yeah. But at least it gives us something. It tries. Um, so Earlier, I did talk about how unlocking the game or finishing the game unlocks expert mode. Um, while I was looking up just some of the end game content, I noticed that uh, actually a lot of the characters that are walking around that didn't seem to actually do anything with you are basically end game content uh, that you can, if you were to come back to the game, actually add more to do. So. An example of this is the turtle in Inquil Isle 3. Uh, he's talking about being passive and uh, being a pacifist. If you actually play the run and guns without killing a single uh, a single enemy, and this includes every enemy, even the walls on the gravity run and gun, when the cars come out, their mouths are open and you can actually dash through their mouths before they close back up. So like every single enemy, if you don't kill a single enemy on uh, on a running gun, you actually unlock a grade higher than uh, an A+. You get a P for pacifist. 
if you do that on all four or all six running guns, uh, you can talk to him and it unlocks uh, an audio and visual setting where you can play the game in black and white and you can play with the music sounding like it was recorded on, I don't know what they used to record, like an old timey music recorder. <laughs> so like, <laughs> so like the game's in black and white and the, and the music sounds bad. <laughs> but it's something to unlock. But I saw that, uh, I think a lot of the people around the islands, uh, options where you can find uh yeah, you can rings. yeah unlock their content and uh and maybe unlock something else i didn't look everything up but uh i know like there was the domino on inquil isle 3 you kept saying uh you don't live in this in this world there's people like me and everybody else and you seem like everybody else i'm like i was curious how to seem like him but never figured that out sure that's something to figure out the three uh members of the barbershop quartet who are missing their fourth member never found the fourth member i'm sure he's somewhere so there is more content to this game if you were to come back yeah little crumbs Mm -hmm. so overall i think uh we basically talked about every point that we wanted to talk about for Cuphead. Um, I think it's time to get into uh, a game score overall for each of us. Yeah, I can go first. So I'm giving Cuphead an 8 out of 10. It's really fun. Like I said, I got really into it and it was addicting. I couldn't put it down. I just wanted to beat these bosses. But it loses points for having so many bosses in C tier and below. Um, in a game with this many bosses, there are going to be there should be there will be some that are going to be not as fun to fight. But I, I thought there were too many where they weren't memorable, they weren't or they weren't hard enough, or some combination of those factors. But for twenty dollars, you. You get a lot of bang for your buck. And it is uh, a very unique and stunning game, visually-wise. feels different from other games that are out there. Gotcha. Yeah, for me, I'm going to have to give Cuphead an 8.5. Um, to this point, or before playing Cuphead, I really hadn't played uh, any difficult games uh, games that you know you just sit in one area and you keep uh, grinding and until you can complete and make a little bit of progress uh, like uh, you had to in Cuphead. Um, but I feel like Cuphead does a good job of having that style uh, visually and audio and in the music where it's fun, it's whimsical, um, the characters are fun. So I'm not getting. Uh, super stressed out uh, or super frustrated and I'm able to just uh, keep grinding out a boss until I'm finally able to beat it. Um, I think that's important, especially for someone like me who hasn't played a lot of these games. So um, for me, I think 8.5 is is where I'm going to, I'm going to slot Cuphead. Yeah. um, 
I thought that Cuphead was fun. Uh, I think I texted Paul at my lowest point, and I told him I would give this game a 2 out of 10. Um, but I came around to it after getting out of that low point, and beating it really felt like an accomplishment. I'm glad I beat it. I think it's cool that in the Xbox achievements, it says only 8% of people who bought the game actually beat it. So it, you know, it feels like you're one of few people who actually stuck it out the whole way. Um, I, I'm glad that John forced me to play it. I don't regret spending time beating this game. I thought it was worthwhile. And to me, I'll remember a lot of those bosses, you know, for a very long time. So for me, it was a seven out of 10, not my favorite game in the world, but I enjoyed my time. Yeah, the bosses in A and S tier, they're outstanding. Some of the some of the bosses in S tier are some of the most fun bosses I've fought challenging. across like any game. Yeah, and this and the just the feeling you get when you beat them yeah. is like Yeah, just so good. So I guess uh that that winds us down and completes this episode two of giants of backlog uh thank you everyone who listened uh to this to this long four-hour podcast for cuphead yeah if you made it this far thank you yes let's deep dive through cuphead but we'll end this episode the way we always do and uh we'll let paul pick the game for next episode Yep, so the next game. Dun, da, da, da. We're going to play Plague Tale Innocence. Another scary game for John. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Plague Tale Innocent, Innocence in two weeks. Can't wait. Uh, you forgot the way we end every episode. We're the Maybe giants. We'll deal with it the yeah, way I dealt will. with Curly Jefferson. <laughs> We're the Giants of Backlog. Eat a donut. Oh. Oh. Nice. (laughs) All right. Was it good that time?